With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, y'all? Kofi Kingston here, and I would love to have a drink with Wrestling on the Rocks, depending on what that drink is, preferably non-alcoholic, you know? How's it going? Healthy Warrior Game. Soda. I would love to have a drink with Wrestling on the Rocks. Maple syrup. Bella. I would never have a drink with Wrestling on the Rocks. Welcome to episode one of Wrestling on the Rocks. Welcome to the dive bar of the IWC. I'm at Ref Marsh. We are at WOTR, the show. And thank you for coming through and being our drinking buddies for the evening, or the afternoon as it were. Uh, Now we're a little bit of a happy hour. Uh, with me today, no Kevlar. It looks like he'll be taking a bit of a hiatus, but he will be back. Uh, and uh, we got Sportsbeard. He walked away, which is interesting. Guys, thank you for coming through and having a drink with us. I don't know. Let's see. Let's see. Okay. Um, let's do a little bit of what's in your glass and uh i'll be starting it off uh i'm having a little zoa rita as it were a little zoa super berry with a little bit of tequila uh i'm out of the rocks tequila though so i'm not gonna not gonna put it over just because i'm a big fan of the rock um I assume Beard is getting his drink? Yeah, sorry. I You took off. I didn't know what you were doing. So I was like, oh, he must be getting a drink. So I'll just get one with him. Oh. I just needed to grab some water. And oh, I figured I'd grab an actual alcoholic beverage. Did you already start the show? Yep. Yeah, we're on. We are. Oh, on. hey, everybody. It's Jeremiah Maxwell, the beard, the sports beard. I'm so sorry. It's all right. It's only episode one. No need to fret. <laughs> it's only episode one we're good <laughs> i didn't hear the intro or anything man so oh you, you uh, dis- <laughs> disappeared from the screen i was like oh what's I was going like, on i'm gonna get the intro going and grab a drink but i made okay. it in that order uh what do you got what's in your glass man yeah gonna do some terramana and you know other stuff and other stuff sounds good dude. just a paloma that i like to have it, may, it feels like a summer day it does it does. Yeah. I like that that's kind of your go-to. I like that. So you'd like to do the Paloma. I like that uh, uh, Kev, when he can, most of the time he's trying to have a beer, something light, uh, or a Crown Royal are kind of his two big go-tos. And yeah. On Thursdays, Amanda's constantly having Sonic, and Clump's constantly having coffee. And I'm the only one who, like, cycles through whatever I'm drinking all the time. I love it. I just like that everyone's got, like, their day, their, their drink of the day for the show. I love it. Yeah, it also depends on what time we start. It's a little early for me sometimes to get drinking, but... Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Grim Reaper coming through already. Cheers, Grim Reaper. Oh, Thank yeah, nice. Hey, Grim Reaper. On the way. I think he's going to WrestleMania 
and so we got to get him. In oh, charge. dude, cool, man! Like, yeah. I'm. That's uh, that's gonna be fun. Are we gonna do a live two day live thing, or is that what we're gonna do? Or I think we are. As I was thinking about it more and more, uh, you guys let me know what you think, or if you have any uh, issues with it. I'm thinking for WrestleMania, what we do is I'll change the layout. It won't look like this with the boxes uh, so much. Yeah. I'll have just a little bit of an overlay, but uh, put in the whole Zoom screen and give Cheers, the link Justin out. Cheers, Justin Time. Sorry. Cheers, Justin Time. Uh, and give the link out to anyone and everyone who's ever been on our show and allow them to come and go as they want. Pop in for a match, pop out for a match, whatever. Like A whole round table little... is what yeah. you're talking about. I love it. Fucking love mm -hmm. it. Sounds like a great idea, dude. Yeah, and if and if it's if it stays too dead and no one's jumping in, maybe we'll just tweet out the link and say anybody who wants to come on in. Because <laughs> I got the power to kick people out if they if they get rambunctious. But well, and you know the one thing we could do is if we if you had a Discord set up for wrestling on the rocks, we could actually do do, like we could actually show the thing in the Discord video chat for our members. As long you know we're not broadcasting; it's just our people coming in and we're collectively watching the same feed. Yeah. Whereas, you know, obviously we can't show any of the actual footage on the, where we're talking about it, but you could see everybody's faces that are like maybe watching from the discord or something. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's doable or, you know, I'm oh, yeah, sure. we'll be able to, we'll be able to show everybody's uh, faces as a, as a gallery thing, but yeah, we do have a discord. Uh, now that you mentioned it, if you go to the, uh, uh, actually, if you go to even my Twitter at Ref Marsh or WOTR the show, there's a, a link in the bio for uh, I believe it's solo.something. And in there is all of our links. And if you go to the very bottom, there's a a, a Discord invite, a timeless Discord invite. Just no one's ever jumped in. So, but it's there. It's there. Yeah. I've had a couple of members jump in, uh, a couple people, friends jump in so I could try out some stuff. But uh, if it ever grows, if it ever becomes a thing, it's there. It's on, it's live. Um, but yeah, uh, anybody in the chat, if you guys want to know, um, yeah, we're doing a, we're going to do a, like a round table watch along and let it be as big or as small as it ends up being. And that way nobody feels obligated to sit around for two days for nine hours. Yeah. I'm actually really glad that they're doing it over two days. I'm, I'm getting very excited for it. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I'm not the biggest, you know, there's a lot of things I'm excited for. So did you want to jump into the news or? Yeah, on the topic of WrestleMania, just as a secondary thing, uh, WrestleMania is going to be in theaters this year, which I think is really cool for a couple reasons. One, it's is been a long Fathom time. Events? Is that Fathom Events? Hey, I, Logan Hacker, my buddy Logan Hacker in the chat. Very good. He's from the Hot Take Hockey community. Nice oh, to see cool. you. Yeah, yep, yep. He's a big Tampa Bay Lightning fan. He lives in Florida there, and so I'm sure he likes wrestling too. Well, I, a lot of the young kids I um, talk to, man, like, I think, you know, that's the one thing I, they got to grow that young fan base, man. That's, I think that's the, you know, the future of the sport, but go ahead. You were talking um, about WrestleMania news. Sorry. But it is, it is through Fathom events. Uh, you were right on that one. It is going to be in theaters, which I think is cool because so far AEW must have been seeing success because they've been putting a lot of their pay-per-views in, in theaters as well. And I was curious how well they're doing. Not so curious to actually dig up and look, but when you think about if AEW's been doing it for a year or two, and now WWE's going to bring WrestleMania back to theaters, because that's the other thing. WrestleMania was originally in theaters the first, um, like, four years or so, five years or so, when it was all CCTV stuff. Uh, but maybe not year one, but definitely by three. 
But anyways, uh, I don't remember all the history of it. But so the idea that WrestleMania would be going back must mean that AEW is seeing positive numbers by putting it through a theater. So much so that if not WWE being aware of how, of how well AEW is doing, that theaters are aware and asking for more content. You know what I mean? I have I have not seen a wrestling event in a theater, but I have gone to see a UFC pay-per-view. And I think the thing was, it was so much significantly cheaper to watch it in the theater than it was mm-hmm. to order the pay-per-view. And you, mm-hmm. UFC pay-per-views are 75 bucks now for HD, which yeah. <laughs> going to get the HD. Like, yeah. are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. So see that tooth fly out. Yeah, dude, I, I'll tell you right now, if they, if UFC had like, so they have the ESPN plus, but obviously the pay-per-views are still pay-per-views. If they had something set up like Peacock for WWE, where you pay $10 a month, I would save like $800 a year. Yeah. You know, cause if I order 10 pay-per-views, that's 750 bucks. Yep. That's a shitload of money, man. Like that's what made WWE doing the network. Such a crazy thing when it happened. Um, yeah, but it was just, they were ahead of their time. They were smart because that's what everything is moving towards is yeah. streaming services. So, yeah. Yep. Absolutely. 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 So, I do think it's cool WrestleMania will be in theaters, but if you're not in theaters, uh, come through our channel. For sure. well, the reason I asked in Fathom events, those are shown here in Anchorage at uh, like the Century. I, and so I know, uh, and I think AMC may actually own that. So it might be under okay. AMC's banner, but you can Google Fathom events and what theaters show them. So, cause yeah. not all the, like the Regal theaters don't show Fathom events, I don't think. Now I might be wrong. I could be totally lying. Anyway, Google it. If you want um, to go see it at your local theater. I think that's cool. The only weird thing is it is a two day event. So do they sell tickets for both days or? It's gotta be per per day yeah it does say yeah. that uh, according to the wwe.com article they do say tickets to see wrestlemania 38 live in theaters can be purchased online at fathomevents.com so yeah that'll tell you where all the theaters are that are near you that you can well if you don't in. if you don't pay for uh peacock which is nine dollars a month or 9.99 a month or whatever uh and i wonder it, like would you go pay 20 bucks to go see it in a theater probably right I think it depends. I think that there's a lot of fans who don't. I mean, for one, I do still think there are fans who don't realize that WWE is on Peacock. I honestly think that. I think that a lot of people, and I don't mean that as like fans. I mean that as potential viewers or people who, the type of people like friends of mine who, um, for one, have Peacock and watch WrestleMania every year. I had to tell them when SummerSlam was on Peacock. I was all like, "Oh yeah, you know, you have it if you have Peacock." And they're like, "No kidding!" Like they didn't notice the the tab, right? Uh, so I think there could be. I also think that. There, I think there's a benefit to going to theater as far as just enjoyability, being able to have those theater snacks. Maybe you haven't been to a theater in a while. Maybe they're not sure about a movie. Maybe you're getting a bunch of people together to go to the theater because it's easier for you guys to get to a centralized theater than for everyone who's got a small apartment to try and load up in one room. You know what I mean? I think there's reason. I don't know if I have a personal reason to go to the theater, but I think I'd be interested to see how well they do as well. Um, uh, yeah, right. I got you. Yeah, I think it would be cool to see it at a theater. I think if I wasn't doing an online stream with you, I might I might entertain the idea. But uh, there is something to be said about being in the comfort of your own home. I think it just depends on what kind of setup you have at home. If you're watching a lot of your wrestling stuff on your phone and you're like, oh, I would love to watch it on like a big screen, that would be cool. If you don't have a big screen TV or anything, I totally see how that would be a cool thing. Even if you have Peacock, you know, yeah. so I'm with you. Yeah. Absolutely, but I do think that you bring up a good point uh, almost accidentally is that with Peacock being cheap 
how cheap can WrestleMania tickets be to be good? And then when I brought up because I brought a, a AEW up, their pay per views are like 50, 60 bucks depending on on what your provider is. Yeah, yeah. So going to a theater is cheaper, so maybe they yeah. would see more success than WWE would in this case. I don't know. I'm curious, but it's cool. It is cool. Yeah, yeah. Can't knock them for trying something new. Uh, the other piece of news, and then we'll get into the stuff. Uh, all I have uh, is Gable Stevenson. Gable Stevenson. My apologies. Uh, won his back-to-back NCAA championship and said that he's going to go to WrestleMania. Uh, pretty fucking cool, man. Two back-to-back NCAA championships. I thought it was really neat that he did the whole... Uh, he made a ceremony out of it at the end and sat in the middle of the ring and took off his... Uh, or the mat. Took off his boots and, and laid him in there, which is... I don't know. You'll have to tell me about this one. Uh, there's two questions I have about it. One, is that a tradition in, in amateur wrestling at all to leave your boots in there? Because typically I think it's so. Gonna, I think if you know it's your last match, they you hang them up. Yeah. Well, because you have to realize, too, like up until MMA, and then in MMA, you're not allowed to wear shoes, right? Obviously, yeah. so you ain't wearing MMA. Uh, the wrestlers, when they got done with college, they were done. Unless they were yeah. a coach or like, you know, they really didn't wrestle again. So there's no, there's no, there's no professional collegiate league. Basically, if you want to wrestle with that sort of background, you go into the sports entertainment wrestling or you, or you do MMA. So that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was wondering because in, in wrestling, there was an old tradition of leaving your boots in the ring. And I was wondering if Gable was bringing that to amateur or if it was kind of a dual thing. No, I think guys will leave their headgear or their boots or both or uh, probably don't see a lot of guys stripping the singlet off because they don't wear anything underneath that. But uh, yeah, no, I think that's I think I think guys do it if they know like high school guys probably do it if they know they're not going to college and, Mm. you know, I'm sure college guys do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. my cool, school is cool. badass wrestlers, man. Back-to-back state championships in 95-96 Montana state champions. Pulse of Pirates, go, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yep. And I had a question for you. Is is Gable Steveson in a small class or a class of his own and being back-to-back NCAA championships? Has well, anyone else done that? Well, okay, so there's been um, – 190 multiple NCAA Division One wrestling champions. Yeah, there has been one guy that won it four times in a row in different weight classes. That's cool. But but there's there's four guys who have won. I I want to say there's five because I I thought Michael Kemmerer did it, but the names that I have this website is old. I, Michael Kemmerer did it I think recently. Uh, he won it four times. Kyle Dake, he, Kyle Dake from Cornell is the guy who won it in four different weight classes, 141, 149, 157, 165. And then the legend that everybody knows about is, uh, Kale Sanderson or Chael Sanderson. If you, depending, he doesn't have a CH. So I, I think it's Kale Sanderson. He, Iowa state, he won the national title four times. He, he retired, uh, 159 and oh. Like he never lost. He never lost a match. In like amateur anything. The guy never lost. So that's insane. Yeah. And then Pat Smith, who's a famous Oklahoma State guy, uh, he won the national title four times from '91 to '94. I remember his name getting called quite a bit when I was. Though that was obviously those are years I was in high school. So, and then a guy named Logan Steber from Ohio State. So. 
Iowa, Iowa State always really known for their wrestling. Oklahoma State not too shabby either. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and there's, there's been, been a few times, a handful of times for sure. Yeah, there's been 49 wrestlers that have won at three. So Gable, he joins a list of 140 some odd guys because I think this this wrestling article that I got the information from is a little yeah. bit old. Yeah. And do you how many do you think like out of the ones who've won at multiple, are they usually back to back or do they miss a year and then get back or? Well, well, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say that probably yeah. It looks like the double guys. It's all the consecutive years. Yeah. Okay. One. Cool. Yeah, because and you figure too like any collegiate sport, the freshmen and sophomores may not be the best guys on the team, and the juniors sure. and seniors. So they may not have bit had the opportunity. I, again, I don't know how many. Yeah. scholarships they have handed out are you an alumnus where you did some college right uh not not a college that still exists okay okay <laughs> there's some arizona state guys that won back-to-back state championships well that's cool go sun yeah. devils as kev would say yeah <laughs> i don't see any i don't see any uh zona guys any any tucson boys but no i doubt it you know, but um, they but won cool. some national. Go ahead, go ahead. You're, that's you're cool ahead. though. So I mean, Gabe Stevenson, uh, incredible gold medalist, dual NCAA champion, already drafted to Raw, Raw superstar, uh, says he's going to go to WrestleMania. With without getting ahead of ourselves, because we'll talk about all the stuff as we get there, as far as just other things. Do you think there's a possibility, or maybe there's a possibility? Do you think there's a strong possibility? that Seth is, is going to end up with the Gable Steveson match at Mania? Oh, I hope that's what happens. That would be cool. I was thinking, you know what I was thinking? Him interfering in Roman's match and helping another collegiate wrestling champion win the title and then carrying a storyline with Lesnar, him, and Reigns. But uh, um, I don't know, man. It, I, I really wonder what... Um, what Vince and the, the 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 brain trust there that comes up with the ideas is going yeah. to do there. I think anything will be cool though, because yeah. I think yeah. we're excited to see him in like sooner than later. Yeah, there's a there's two possibilities of like when you think about if Gable Stevenson does end up in a match at WrestleMania, which I think is possible. I think there's no reason why he couldn't. Give him uh, the universal title. <laughs> well, no, I was thinking that he could end up. That's a good universal title. I think I got mine over here too. Actually, I brought mine. You out. saw. I know you saw that, and then of course you saw the. You know. Oh yeah, that's Stone Cold. The yeah, I got my. I should bring out my Undertaker one, especially because your Undertaker one. I would love to see that. Looks so cool. I wanted to get that. Yeah. Yeah, and I of course I still have the Stone Cold Smoking Skull Belt, but I thought I got to get the Universal Title right. It's a good one. Like, that's a, a pretty-looking bell. Yeah. Uh, but I do think that there's a possibility, especially as we're getting somewhere. Or, I mean, I guess as it feels like we're going nowhere, but there's clearly going to be a match for Almost, and there's clearly going to be a match for Seth. Yeah. I think yeah. there's no reason why Gable Stevenson couldn't have either one of those matches. And I saw somebody online um, make a comment oh. uh, about how funny – they were being smart-ass, right? They're like – watch yeah. that was because of they're being a smart ass because of the dirt sheets right all the dirt sheets say definitely seth versus cody rhodes cody rhodes is signed he's gonna be here but at the end of the day uh like bishop always says from terrible wrestling takes podcast uh and like you talk about fantasy booking can be a little bit 
goofy in the world of wrestling and maybe uh, counterproductive at times because you get all excited. So when you yeah. do look at who's someone going to face, it is better to work in the realm of who you actually know is in the company versus people right. who are rumored to be in the company. And Gable Stevenson. Omos would be cool. I would dig I that. Really too. Cool. That would be cool. And you know, I'm I'm saying like because of his name and stuff. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I am ex- more excited about Gable Stevenson than than uh, maybe the normal fan because Pat is so stoked about him. And so I don't know. But I I could see uh, Omos and him being an awesome matchup. Seth yeah. Rollins and anybody is an awesome matchup, as we saw in that really awesome match on Monday. Um, uh, And I could also see like him being, like I said, in the title picture right away. Like maybe he interferes in the Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar thing on behest of Brock Lesnar. And they team up and just mow through. They are both Minnesota, right? Like, so that's the only reason I thought, because Brock went to Minnesota, he was a heavyweight champion for NCAA there at least once. I don't think he won. And Gable has said that he has uh, uh, trained with Brock before and looks at Brock uh, in kind of a mentorship role. Yeah. So it's not impossible. I think... How it awesome would, be would it be to see... I'm sorry, too. I didn't mean to cut you off, but we've. Uh, how awesome would it be to see Brock in like a real tag team mm-hmm. if he's not... So like, let's say Roman ends up retaining the title or he gets it back the next month or whatever, but Brock and Gable become like this masterful tag team because I think that would be kind of cool too. Like, you know. I think that could work. Also, I think that Gable, as far as just tag team goes, Gable and Shelton Benjamin could work too. They're also both Minnesota wrestlers. And uh, Shelton Benjamin actually was one of the guys who trained Brock Lesnar at amateur wrestling and they're really close. And uh, if you go far enough back to OVW, uh, Brock Lesnar and Shelton Benjamin were a tag team and were the tag team champions in OVW as Brock Lesnar was training to get ready for the main roster. So, uh, it, I mean, I just think there's a lot of connection there with really top guys. Uh, but I wonder, I think that it might be, I think that it would be too soon and not great to put Gable in the title picture right away, but I do see him getting to a title picture area within a year, if that makes sense. Sort of like a Kurt Angle. Yeah, no, I got Let you. him yeah. build and be crazy and get there. Well, right, but it, I, isn't Gable Stevenson an Olympic gold medalist too? I so mm-hmm. I thought he won a gold medal. So he's two-time. I don't even know that Kurt Angle won state championship. I think, no, Gable is is more like a Kurt Angle Brock Lesnar mix as far as like credentials go. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like within a year, I think he'd get there. Kurt Angle got there within a year. Brock Lesnar got there within a year, but they didn't start there. And that's what I would think would could be bad is if he started there and either won or didn't won, it could seem. I don't know. Well, it could come off sideways. So I think you build them well, there within a year. Also really hard too, like with like the promo work has to be there for the fans, right? So yeah. like they're so picky now. You really don't want to throw somebody to the wolves right away. I could see what you're saying there. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully, dude. I, I, I hope a lot of people feel like the same way I do and that this guy is gonna be a big star and and that and they wanna see that. So but I don't know. Well, I guess we just have to wait and see. Yeah, we'll wait and see. If I had to pick, I'd rather see Gable with Seth Rollins than see him with Almost, just because Almost is still... I wouldn't say he's necessarily green. I do like what he's doing, but he does feel a little... a lot. I mean, he's definitely not as veteran as a Seth Rollins, and I think that when Gable comes in, you give him some of the best top guys to help him learn fast, you know? 
and not a guy who just is kind of picking it up now even. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, I like – well, so – I like – Yeah. I make it short for almost Well, almost. I think Omos could do a, a thing with, with uh, Seth Rollins. If it's just a match right now, I think he'd be fine. I oh, yeah. think if you have to build the match with a lot of promo work, I'd be a little bit nervous about Omos. But other than that, I think he'd be fine in, in just about any match. So Yeah, I get you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll see how that how that plays out. Otherwise, we'll just talk about what's happening on TV uh, and not just fantasy book. But I, I do want – I do think it would be great to put Gable on this WrestleMania card one way or another. And because I like pettiness, it would make me happy if it wasn't Seth and Cody because of how petty I am. The dirt sheets would all be wrong. I would be right, and I would love it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. Not, I don't know anything about Cody Rhodes. I know what his dad was. I remember Dusty Rhodes, and I remember Gold Dust, which is that's yeah. his brother, correct? Yeah, that's his brother. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, you know, I I remember those uh, wrestlers and loved Dusty Rhodes. Uh, he was so good on the mic, right? Oh yeah. Um. So I, you know. I don't have I don't have an opinion of Cody Rhodes because I just haven't seen anything that he's done, so yeah, I, yeah. you know, it, it's sort of like when Becky Lynch came back. I'm like I don't know who Becky Lynch is, and then you know, oh yeah, she's pretty cool. It took me a long time though, yeah, you know, because oh, yeah. I wasn't on board right away. I was like, oh, who's this bitch? We're supposed to like her, but she's like the best, greatest of all time, yeah. you know, really, oh, yeah. you know, she's yeah. so good. And if Cody does show up, I don't think it'll be too long before you enjoyed what he was doing, but I do think it takes a little time. And I think even the fans of Cody, I think, are apprehensive to see what would become of Cody if he does show up. Because yeah, he, had, I mean, he had like three or four gimmicks in WWE before he left, and then he's had like two or three on the indies and through AEW since he's been there, that it's like, what would we see of him? And so I think it's I think if he shows up, it's going to be interesting. I'm not rooting against the guy. Uh because I don't have an opinion, positive or negative. Uh, and I would love to see anybody come in and, and bring viewership and fans and do a good job. Like, as long as the story is compelling, you know what I'm saying? I, yes. I'm i telling you, like, that's the thing I feel like everybody's like, oh, it's because they're soft and they don't do blood. No, it's you need the good stories, the good stories. And and I'm, I love the Bianca and Becky thing. I'm just saying, like, give us the good stories, man. It doesn't... Creative writing, you can get around making it, you know, I think it's sex is easy thing to sell. If you can write a story without shoving that in there, it's really good. And so, and I'm not saying they don't have to have like bylines or sub stories that, you know, that are a little easy like that because you you don't really care about the grand scheme of it. But, you know. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You You can sprinkle that in without it being the main focus for sure. Uh, and it doesn't take a lot to have a compelling story, uh, as we'll get to it. The Kevin Owens Stone Cold story is incredibly compelling, and it's been relatively one-sided, and it's still fucking compelling. But we're going to get to that in a bit. Let's start with SmackDown. Let's talk some other compelling stories. It opened up with Roman Reigns coming out there, Paul Heyman saying that Brock yeah. Lesnar was not going to be there, and then part way through as, he's, as Roman's talking. Brock's going to be there. The intensity of Paul Heyman coming off like he was scared fucking shitless he is the greatest overactor of all of all time <laughs> he, he is the greatest overactor of all time i am convinced and he is fucking incredible like that he, was the best description he, he, i've ever heard of that he will be in the hall of fame right like there's yeah, no yeah, question yeah. 
Like if, if he, if you know, you talk about the the founders, like Mount Rushmore, like yeah, Vince yeah. is on there. Paul Heyman's on there. Yeah. No, he's oh, yeah. so sure. incredible. I mean, he basically spawned Stone Cold because he told him to go to WWE from well, from AEW. Uh, well, you know, from WCW, but he also brought in uh, Stone Cold into ECW. That's and- what I meant. I'm sorry. In ECW, he told yeah, him to go to. He told me. I to said, go, a- and I said AEW. His, I meant his, uh, his promos in ECW are very close to what you got from Stone Cold. Yeah. Yeah. There yeah. There's a transition in That's between. That's what I'm saying. Paul Heyman helped build. I think Stone Cold has been on record and said this that Paul Heyman was helped him birth Stone Cold. Like he credits him all the time. Mm hmm. Well, I just heard him on Stone Cold, by the way, uh, Marsh, if you didn't see, Stone Cold did a recent interview with um, uh, Rich Eisen on Peacock, which is right after Dan Patrick on the, the NBC Sports Channel that's still alive on Peacock. So, because, you know, their network went away, right? Their NBC Sports Network went away. They don't have it anymore. It doesn't exist. They got rid of the channel. So, like, if you have it on live or whatever. So that's what we watched hockey or whatever, but like Peacock being the, the WWE's platform, they have a sports shows. Dan Patrick, I think has won and pro football talk, but Rich Eisen's on there and he interviews Stone Cold. And I think it was for the El Segundo Pillel, American Pillel release. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, the American Logger release i think is the one he's promoting right now yeah yeah american logger but he did i think he talked on that show about paul Heyman and how important he was because they did a start bench cut segment it's really good you check it out on youtube because rich posts all his content to youtube too so you'll be able to see that interview with stone cold's recent and he does talk about kevin owens so since you yes. brought that up that's you know because yeah. that's, cool. that's how raw opened we're still uh, on smackdown i know yeah, yeah. So going back to Paul Heyman, the idea that you called him the best over actor of all time, I think is, is so perfect because so many people talk about like best promo, best actor. They always use those things. But you make a great point about Paul Heyman. He is probably the most perfect at overacting. The way he's screaming and panicked and he's on his way now. And the way that he can do it where you just know it's far and beyond over the top. Yeah, somehow grounded in a sense, grounded in a sense of reality that it fucking works. Yeah, he's it's he's so crazy. good, dude. He's good, and it's yeah. like it, you don't you don't care that it's fake. No, you fucking you just like you're legit. Like, oh yeah, shit, Paul. I mean, you better get you got skin marks in <laughs> you your pants go. now, don't you? Yeah, yeah you dude. I, I fucking love it, dude. Like. It's the only thing that's making the Roman Reigns stuff honestly bearable for me. Gotcha. Um, I, again, I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about the shit I don't like, but like Heyman in this thing is kind of the best part of it. And you know what? Actually, Lesnar, even even though he's like on rage mode Lesnar now, which is the Lesnar everybody already knows, mm-hmm. um, he he's having so much fun. Like oh, yeah. that was a total stone cold moment where he ran the forklift through the, the SUV that the Usos and Roman Reigns and a dude again, like, I don't know how he can win at WrestleMania. I mean, he looks like such a bitch right now. He is so afraid of Brock mm. Lesnar, but he, he tore him apart at Madison square garden, but yeah, he's fearful of him. I don't know what they're doing. Like it's really fun though. I like that because what you're doing is you're describing the fact that they're somehow making 
the most dominant champion they've ever had in Roman Reigns feel like the underdog. Yeah, I don't feel that way. You just said yeah. he's a bitch. How can he win? That's <laughs> well, no, I'm saying he's acting like a bitch. He's running from Lesnar. If he thinks he can beat him, why isn't he facing him in the ring? Yeah. I just I don't, don't know, man. Like, it feels it feels like they're making Roman look like a scared chicken shit, not an underdog. Well, I think the guy who's not deserving of the title. I'm just saying that's how I feel about it. I think I think that we're we're I think we both have different definitions of underdog. Maybe like I think when when you think of underdog, you're thinking of like the Rudy underdog story, the guy who who's underdog against is all the underdog. not betting favorite, Ref Marsh, the guy who's not supposed to win. Right, that's the underdog. Okay. No, no, but I mean, like, yeah, no, you don't agree. Well, I just want to finish my sentence. I think we'll, I think we'll agree. I think we're about okay. to agree. Okay. I think we're about to agree. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. There's I'm two. Sorry. There's two versions of underdog, right? There's the underdog, like the Rudy underdog, where it's it's um, the person that all odds are against, and you want yeah. to win, and that's that underdog, right? right but I think sure. I I'm thinking of it the same way you just described it, where it's just like the betting odds, the favorite versus not, where this guy yeah. can't possibly win this, right? Like. Whether or not you want them to win or not is irrelevant in my version of underdog in my mind. But I also use underdog the other way too, where it's all like, I don't want him to win. I expect him to lose kind of a concept. But I think you're right. Like there's a certain aspect of him where they're making him kind of chicken shit where you're like, can he even pull this off? He's scared shitless of Brock, which is an interesting dynamic to give to a Roman who's been categorically dominant, you know? With help. But yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah. So I think we're on the same page as, like, it's an interesting way to show Roman to be all, like, I think maybe they're just trying to find a way. How can we make it so it doesn't feel like an obvious victory because every other one has, right? Can I hearken, can I hearken back to something historical in the wrestling thing and this thing? Do it. Remember, remember Goldberg's, like, whatever fucking 159, whatever his run was? Yeah, yeah, 178 or something, 168, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, like where he just fucking dominated. Yeah. And and people were like, oh, he's not that good in the ring. But that fucking streak was awesome. Right? Right? And you loved right. it. And you're like, I'm into this. Yeah. Do you fucking give two fucking shits that Roman's been the longest title run in the sing- Like, really? He's not the 10th best fucking WWE champion to me. Like, he, he, he you know what? So here's a good example. Roman, you're the fucking Cal Ripken. He's always there. <laughs> yeah, so Cal Ripken is a baseball player that yeah, broke yeah. the consecutive games. But he played like 29 fucking 100 games. And yeah. he broke Lou Gehrig. Lou Gehrig was the guy who famously filled in for a guy named Wally Pip. You don't want to get Wally Pip. And Lou Gehrig never gave up first base. And he, the only thing that stopped yeah. him was a disease. They had named after him. Yeah. But, um, yeah. but so, like, I don't, like, Roman streak to me means nothing. Like, I feel like there's, there's like, it's not, you, it doesn't hold a candle to Goldberg's. Uh, I don't think his title reign is better than the rocks, stone colds or triple H. So also I did talk about Cena who I just didn't see a lot of, but mm-hmm. dude, love that guy. If he's half as good at being a, the heavyweight champion as he was at the peacemaker, then he's like maybe the greatest of all time. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, right. I, yeah, no, I'm just saying, like, I don't know if that argument makes sense as far as the Roman argument. I mean, I could see why you would say that coming in kind of fresh. 
I would say that anyone who was watching the Cena run, Stone Cold run, Rock run, all those runs at the same time, I think it's hard to argue Roman doesn't belong in that conversation. I think what he's doing, he might have slow, methodical matches. And that's the other thing. There's a whole, there's a whole realm of fans that, like when you think of AJ and, and Seth Rollins, because I've got Raw playing in the background. A lot of moves, but a slower pace. It's not like just spot after spot after spot. But there's a lot of big flashy moves. Roman doesn't give you the big flashy moves. But he does go in there dripping with story. And if you were to watch the Hell in a Cell yeah. match he had with Jey Uso, it was probably one of the slower matches. It had probably some, like, there's probably not a single spot. See, I match. didn't see his rise either. That hurts, yeah. right? I didn't see hurt. his rise. When I got back, yeah. he, when I got back, he's the, you know. He was already champ. Right. So I don't appreciate that probably as much as the fan that's been, that never left. So yeah. I, 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 that, that I respect it. that take from you. And I think that's probably why I'm not vested, but think about anybody who's come on recently. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like me, I'm a McAfee. I, I, I came back to wrestling because of I'm wearing his charity on my head for the brand. So yeah. like, I, like I, you know, I came into it like, you know, and Pat doesn't talk shit about Roman. He doesn't talk shit about Brock either. And so, like, I root for what? Brock. I identify with Brock. Brock's a country boy with a beard. <laughs> and, you know, he, I, I wish I had a ponytail. It looked better. But, uh, you but, know what I'm uh, saying? But Pat saw the rise. And I wonder if that's a huge part of the people who are for or against Roman right now. Right. Or people who may have seen the rise and people who didn't. Yeah, I 100% think that has to be it because it's like, you, be like you're like, like I value your opinion. You're up there going like, oh, he might, he should be considered one of the greatest. And I'm like, I don't fucking see it. But then I'm like, yeah. well, I didn't see his rise. So, you know, I know the, the shield or whatever was a big part too. Like anyway, then they were dumb. They did some shit and they were fucking motherfuckers up in the WWE. Yeah, yeah. Roman but I also really appreciate your perspective of it. And always take that into account when I'm seeing the Roman stuff and thinking, how does this translate to somebody who's kind of tired of more? Are they going to, to do this? Or, or are they going to be invested? And it sounds like in, in an essence, it's like if they haven't got you by Roman, they got you by Brock. And either way, they're going to yeah. get you. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. No, I want to see the match. Like, don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah. But I want, I want what I don't think I'm going to get. I want Brock to win. And I don't think yeah. I'm going to get that. And I don't think I'm going to get that because I missed the rise of Roman and Romans where they got the money invested and they're, you know, they're putting their chips in the middle. I just, man, you know, because to me, do this with Roman, then he will do anything at all costs to keep the title. Yeah. You know, it feels like it's just all sneaky and shady and not really well thought out. Anyway, I don't want to be negative about it. Like, I love, I really want to see the match. I yeah. just would rather see Lesnar win as a babyface because if you'd have told me Lesnar was ever a babyface, I'd be like, get the fuck out of here. That yeah. is not they possible. Ruined him. <laughs> and and no, but like he's awesome at it and yep. I love it. Yeah. And I think, you know, even though he's rich and wealthy and yada yada yada, he you know, like a lot of people I think identify with him. You know? A lot of people you know, our little mini Brock Lesnar's and they're like, I get it. And I think think... as much as the, as the fan base has hated him over the years, I think part of the fan base in their gut has always wanted to appreciate him. 
and are given yeah. the opportunity now, yeah. and they're just showering him with it. Just right, yeah. right. That's ex- yes, so it's cool. great, dude. I don't think they realized how big a pop this would get. I think that's I think that's the problem we have now. I think they if they took a poll, I bet eighty percent of wrestling fans want to see Roman get bounced. I'm just saying. I don't think the I don't think the bloodline is as big as people think it is. Because even knowing like going back and going through the backstory. I'm telling you, he's so bitch mode right now. I'm like, just he doesn't need to have the title forever. He can win it again. He yeah, can rise yeah. back up into it. Like it's not. I think it'd almost be better for him to lose it and have to rocky his way back up. And then you, know you appreciate him even more. Potentially, you know what I think I love yeah. about the Roman story right now is I think that it forever teeters on an uncertainty, which is so cool because I don't think you're making any points that aren't valid. I don't think you're saying anything that I think your head's up your ass. How can you think that way? I may not agree with half of what you're saying. Sure. I think that both of our opinions on it are completely valid and possible. And I think that's what I love about this, this rain right now is that I don't think there's a wrong way to go with it. And I think there's a vision with it where I'm just so ultimately excited to see how it's going to pay off and end because where do you go? Yeah, yeah. And every way seems to be decent in one way or another. There doesn't seem to be a shitty outcome. Well, that's always good though, effect. right? Oh, if yeah. you have if you have the oh well if Roman wins, I'll hate it, but mm-hmm. I still won't stop watching. If Brock wins, I'll love it, but you know, there'll be detractors of that, I'm, I'm sure too. Right. So, so uh, like, yeah, but even from your you, perspective, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, like you when you like, when you're like, ah, I could, I'll see both. I, I, you wouldn't mind seeing both ways, is what I'm yeah. saying. So when you get to the point where you're like, you're indifferent about it in that way, I understand that for sure. But not like, I mean, it's almost like passionately indifferent, if that makes sense. Where it's all like, if Brock won, I would love it. But then I would be stuck in a position where I don't know who I would want to take the title off of Brock, if not like another uh, Roman. And do I really want to see more Roman Brock? I think I'd be ready to see that cool off a bit. Uh, but at the same time, if Roman wins, I would love it because who the fuck is going to take it off Roman? I can't wait till we get there. You know what I mean? Well, so I right. He- but, you know, somebody brought up to me, uh, Micah brought up to me. Uh, Toxic we piece of shit. Uh, you know, <laughs> Bobby Lashley. And I was like, oh, yeah, I fucking totally forgot about Bobby Lashley. So, yeah, I mean, what's his real injury, this side or the other? Is it kayfabe, whatever? So, I, you know, it is what it is. If Brock wins it and Bobby takes it off Brock, and then you Well, could, that's what I said. Because I then said, you could if Roman even take wins it, who do you have go up? As I said, exactly. my argument was, if Roman wins, then who goes after Roman? That's believable on the roster right now. I said, I the demon, said. baby? You bring the demon back? That was the one I was like, yeah, I, I would think. I mean, I honestly think that there's. I think you'd have to be looking at a, an AJ, a Seth, a Finn. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, bring it, bring the demon back. Bring yeah, I think demon's a good one. I think bring I, but I, but I truly yeah. think it would bring end up being a, a Baron or a Drew McIntyre. I think which I would be fine with either of those two too. And you know me, what? Me like, too. I wouldn't yeah, be upset yeah. about any of those rivalries. But I think that those are the only people who are believably could take down a Roman in such a sense that you go, well, fuck, I mean, it's one of them. What do you, what do you expect? You know what I mean? Like, cause they yeah. couldn't just 
flop it on a Damian Priest because you go, really? Or Matt Riddle, I don't think, could take out a, a Roman at this point. Oh, they're trying to build Riddle there, though. They'll get him there. And I Priest. Think they will and get Priest. Him there. I, I, I actually oh, yeah. like both those guys. But I agree with you. They're not there right now. Exactly. Uh, huh. I don't know, man. Yeah. Well, I love it. <laughs> what do you, I mean, you know, so the thing, you know, I brought it up earlier. If, if, let's just say, like, Gable Stevenson helps Brock, but, like, you know, Roman gets a title back somehow or whatever. They disqualify. And Gable and Brock team up to be a tag team. Like, them and the Alpha Academy. Oh, my God, dude. The storylines. Mm-hmm. So good. Oh, so, I, I'm fancy booking a little bit there. But, but I'm saying there's a way to... And then you can throw Bobby at... I think Bobby and Roman. We haven't really gotten to see that, right? So, that's probably what's going to be next. Because because what we're doing here is we're focusing on who's on the roster, right? Ref yeah. Marsh and what well, we, we try to, like. yeah. I mean, I don't yeah, understand yeah. contracts, but I still try to stay within contracts. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Yeah, I I think that that is. I think that is a realistic story that we could expect. And you know, yeah. like, I think we're gonna build to something big by WrestleMania 40. You know, we're yeah. two years away. The that is gonna be the fucking crescendo of all crescendos. I think they're going to pull out all the fucking stops and they might build a fucking whole storyline off the WrestleMania before just to, you know, go into 40. Cause yeah. I think we'll see Cena rock stone cold taker edge, you know, like, yeah, we could see a big, a big, uh, yeah, it's going to sure. be the fucking creme de la creme of, wrestling greats yeah. that are still in the game you know, know. I'm so hyped right now my heart's racing just talking about <laughs> how cool all this shit is so dope but i mean yeah. i love it because that's where we're at with it um so we don't spend all night talking about roman and brock so i think you and i can because like i said i don't think there's a wrong direction to go yeah exactly which is I, so fucking cool <laughs> yeah yeah um, yeah but I, I think it. I think you made the statement of the day right there, saying uh, Paul Heyman's the best overactor of all time, and I think that you're right because he's somehow believably overacting. Because we see other overacting that is just so not believable, it takes you out of it. Paul yeah. Heyman's overacting draws you into it, and fuck you, dude, that's dope. <laughs> yeah, no, he's good, man. I love the guy. I just do. He's great. Yeah. You know, uh, he's impossible Brock. to hate if you don't. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. sorry. Uh, Brock destroying the cars, coming out there with the part of the car. Oh, I'm going to do more than blow the door. door off the car. The, the truck, truck door. door. And Pat's calls were legendary, too. So good. Silverado. Oh, my God. So good. And oh, he, yeah. you know what, though? He's fucking smiling and having, like, the best fucking time. Yeah, yeah I love how he apologizes. It's even fans. more enjoyable. It's just so fun to watch. It's like, yes. Dude, the way he apologizes to the fans for being a little overexcited. He's got a fucking car door in his hand. Dude. <laughs> It's so good. I don't think they realized how fucking good it is. Yeah. Again, we got to get off Brock. Because I could talk about him the whole fucking night. That's what it was. I'm a little riled up. You have to excuse me. I'm a little riled up. I fucking loved it. Yeah, you are. You tore a fucking truck door off. I mean, even though it was totally fake. I mean, if you go back, because I've seen it like 27 times. Yeah, it just falls uh, off. It's like, okay, yeah, they just made it fall off but it was inventive the forklift dude they that's some stone cold fucking shit right there yep like that's a big ass stunt they pulled and like they had jay uso in the front like ah like i you know i'm like 
dude, Incredible. that was Incredible. a dangerous stunt that they pulled that yeah. was pretty fucking cool. It was cool. Even and if those Roman guys... and the Usos did an awesome job in that whole segment, too. Yeah, that was pretty impressive. And they even had a shot of, like, Jay Uso with the glass broken and the thing in there. So if you yeah. think they He's fucking like... didn't pull that off as a stunt, you're, you know. It's amazing. It's amazing. That was pretty impressive, yeah. Uh, as we roll through some of it, because I'm going to steamroll through some so we could focus more of our energies on others. Uh, Shinsuke and Rick Boogs against the Rick Boogs against the Lethal Lotharios. Uh, I like what they're doing here. Boogs is yeah. looking strong as fuck. Pat McAfee's putting him oh, over. Because yeah. oh, uh, yeah. he's the Mac- shit, and he loves him. He loves him. Uh, yeah. It does make me, every time we see Boogs now, we keep thinking about Elias and wondering what's going to happen to him. I know you don't know who he is, but we wonder. Yeah. Oh, that's what it was. I'm going to write it down right now. I've been thinking all week. I was like, what was that fucking clip I was supposed to give Sportsbeard? And it was the Elias uh, Seattle booze. I'm going to send you that after this show. Because I couldn't remember immediately after the last one. So, uh, But, uh, yeah. Uh, But moving on, because there's not much else to say about that other than this, what it is. Uh, Drew McIntyre, Viking Raiders against uh, Jinder, Shanky, Happy Corbin. I'm, as much as I think a lot of this seems like filler i, like I think it. everyone in it is doing a great job with it i'm fine with it i've been enjoying it and the matches are cool yeah. so again the only I, thing that i still have fun. a problem with is the sword i really think just drop yeah, just the chill, swinging chill of the sword, the sword. Yeah, just and i think chill. i would like it i think i would actually really like chill, it just chill out about the sword. i think the sword yeah. will be less of a story i think they're I think they're slowly getting rid of the sword. I don't see McIntyre wielding the sword much. I you feel like it's happening a lot. I don't think it's happening that much. It's not happening as much it. as it was. Within the sheath, it's kind of over and done with. Unless yeah. like eight guys come in and get it out or whatever. But then and like they, no and they need to lean on it there. Leave it where he can come out with it. Yeah, he needs to yeah, never yeah. wield it or stick something. Yeah, unless in front he's of getting face. like fucking bum rushed by like eight guys, and then you're exactly. like, it's then totally the, the equalizer. Yes, 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 yes. And yes. then you're okay with it as a fan, and it, it helps, you know. Because you think it's making McIntyre look like a heel, and and I'm saying it's not. It's not. It's think, not right I now. Think, it's I think currently even a not step further. Like a well, further from making it look like a heel, he also comes off looking phony and cartoonish. Because you're not actually trying to murder someone by swinging a sword at their head. You're expecting them to move. And that, to me, is a bother. You know what I mean? But... Right, Unless right. they do it, if they use it as just a prop, prop, then cool. Yeah, maybe, maybe they'll like get rid of it by someone stealing it, and then it'll become a, its own sub storyline, and that'll be a way to do something with Drew McIntyre that doesn't uh, involve the title or something. Gender, you know what I'm saying? The gender story with him before gender stole it. Okay, so uh, this has already happened. I don't yeah. even know. Okay. Yeah. All right. I should and write. Then, in the yeah. past for WWE, I yeah. guess. <laughs> yeah, retroactively write storylines. Uh, yeah. and, um, and then Jinder broke it, and then Drew McIntyre gets on this, on this back on. He goes, you think I'd bring the real one to the ring? And it's oh. all like, yeah, you have been. He goes, that was a replica. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck is happening? Like, it was a weird thing. But uh, but either way. Oh, they chicken shit out of that one then, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, after that, here's something I did want to talk to you about, because I want to know what you think about it. Uh, the Sammy Zayn Johnny Knoxville stuff. As much as I've been loving all of it, and I do, yeah. Sammy came out and said that he wants to prove to Johnny that he doesn't belong in wrestling. Yeah. Therefore, yeah. he wanted 
a uh, uh, an anything, everything goes, goes, match. anything goes match, yeah, which is like the dumbest shit. And McAfee crushes it. He goes, Johnny Knoxville's been doing that shit for like 30 fucking years on Jackass. Yeah. Uh, brilliant, as Pat will be known as a Hall of Fame yeah. in the WWE for the greatest fucking all time. Two times, two times. He'll be fucking two times, motherfucker. No, like so, so fucking. And then Knoxville basically in retort was like exactly what Pat said. I mean, yeah. like Pat could have wrote it for him. Yeah. So That was my only problem with it is that it it made Sammy look stupid in a way that he didn't need to look stupid. He can look stupid in a lot of ways. Oh, but to say you don't belong here. No, because I think that at the end of the day, if if Sammy, logically speaking, if he wants to prove Johnny Knoxville, you don't belong in a wrestling ring, and I'm going to prove it, then the story should be that not only are there is it not anything goes, it's that rules matter, and Johnny keeps breaking rules and nearly getting disqualified. That's the story, right? But to say I want to prove you don't belong here, so let's just do crazy jackass shit all night and that'll prove it and i was like that doesn't prove what you were saying like you know what i mean like logically speaking he's not proving the thing he's trying to prove and i think that the character of sammy is although delusional by a lot he's not that dumb so it was a really weird dumb way to get to that match the way they want it as a side note i love the idea of doing the matches and anything goes match i feel like it should have been johnny teasing sammy saying you have to hide behind the rules i dare you not to and sammy saying i don't need the rules it should have been no no i think you missed it marsh i think you missed it ref marsh this was a great promo by sammy to do that i liked it i I liked it delivered it well it just didn't make sense Uh, in that context uh justin time says can't even imagine what crazy shit sammy and johnny are gonna do to each other yeah, no, I think it's going to be awesome. And I actually love that McAfee, like, it is brilliance called about. He goes, yeah, what are you yeah. doing? Like, right away. So I, I don't think it made look, okay. Yes, Sammy doesn't look great in it. Yeah. But we, it just makes the match going to be so much cooler in my yes. opinion. So, yeah. I think this is the outcome we should have had. I think it should have been Knoxville telling Sammy not to hide behind the rules and Sammy being crazy and being like, I don't, I don't need that. I don't need any. And he could have still gotten the same like, thing. You didn't like, you don't, you don't like how they got there. Yeah. You like yeah. the destination. Exactly. But not exactly. the route. Exactly. Yeah, I yeah. love that this I, is the match we're going to get. I wish it was Johnny outwitting Sammy. And I'm Sammy telling you outwitting though, himself. <laughs> I'm saying you're crazy though because this is still good and I don't think it it's diminished Sammy at all I don't think it diminished Sammy at all I didn't feel like long I, term no I long think term, it actually ma- actually makes Sammy look a little good honestly you think because if he does well in this match or whatever which I think ultimately oh, we know Knoxville will win right I think yeah, that's, he's losing that's, yeah, not yeah. Losing. <laughs> yeah Knoxville's winning so, so I think the big question are they going to use that big giant hand that slap hand, do you think oh, it's going to be in the match? Yeah, that has I to hope be. to God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please bring the Yeah, that's one hand. of the things from Jack. Like, the shit that grosses me out, I don't want to see. Like, the yes, fucking yes. death-defying shit. Like, the, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm all for that shit. Yes. So. That. And it's yeah. become so iconic, the giant hand slap thing. 
if they don't incorporate that, they've missed the whole fucking point. Yeah, they they might. Yeah, I mean, they, they better re. Yeah, they better reevaluate the uh, yeah. the analytics they're using to to help their focus group come up with. You know, the stories. second thing I'm thinking, the... Wee Man shows up and Hornswoggle shows up on Sammy's side. That would be cool. If if Hornswoggle or if, if Wee Man shows up to get in Sammy's way and Hornswoggle shows up to get in Wee Man's way. That'd be fucking hysterical. <laughs> yeah, but Hornswoggle's not on the roster, is he? He's a legend. He comes and goes as ever he pleases. In 2019, okay, okay. he was in the Royal Rumble under the ring for no reason. Okay. <laughs> they could use him for one match, and this would be the match to do it. Have Hornswoggle okay. face-to-face with Wee Man, All and right. then have Wee Man kick Hornswoggle in the balls, <laughs> and Sammy's running off anyways. <laughs> okay all righty oh shit man this is the kind of premier fantasy booking you tune into this show yeah i mean i is it fantasy booking though because you said he's kind of on the roster as a legend so you're just spitballing what they should do yeah yeah 100 uh all right but yeah like we said love what's going there's only two other things i think on this show that i think we really got to dive into uh the Sasha Banks Naomi versus Liv Morgan Rhea Ripley. Oh my God! What a fucking good match! I do not want that match to get be done. That match could have went for another twenty minutes. It was such a good match. Just so yep, good. Yep. Did not give a fuck about the storyline compared to how good that match was. I was like, yeah, the storyline's a little thin, but you know what? This fucking match is the shit. It was so good. It was amazing. And for a match that had a rough start, the very first things that Liv and Sasha did together was really off. And it was almost like, yeah. uh-oh, what's up? And then they clicked right right after that. They had like two little yeah. things that was kind of like, this is what's happening. And then it just became magic the rest of the, sh- the I match. forgot about that. Exactly. Totally. Because of how good the... And I was like, holy shit, that was the match of the week. It was, it was amazing. Uh, and then Shayna and Natty getting involved. Dude... Natty looks is it just me or does awesome. Natty look more like a fucking badass when she's in street clothes than when she's in her gear I I I I don't know I think she's a badass period yes so I I don't know if what you're saying is true uh she always comes across as a badass and with her and Baszler I was like that's a fucking cool team up I'm excited yeah. oh yeah it's cool I just think that in her fun. gear she looks like a good wrestler. I was mad and at for them. whatever reason, and her in those jeans and that top that kind of was like a Dickies sort of workshop type top, but made for a woman who's not trying to work. <laughs> yeah. like, I just thought she looked like a fucking mean motherfucker. I was like, wow. As soon as yeah, she came yeah, out, yeah, I was no. like, I would not want to cross her. She looks like she could take my head off. Well, I but was I... pissed because they interrupted that fucking incredible match, but then yep. I was like happy because they did such a good job doing it. Exactly. So, yeah, because I did not want that match to be over. I wish they were. I was okay with them being the ones. In fact, I was like, at first, I was like, motherfucker, and then I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Uh, but I, I would have liked that match to have been about five more minutes because that was oh, yeah. so good. And I think that I think there's a real delicate balance that we start to see. We start to see it, it around this time stopped. for sure. Right, where... it's tough. It was good. I, I don't want to take away. You're right. I mean, oh, just for sure. appreciate it for the great match it was and what we got. But 
But I think that uh, what I'm saying is I think that there's a really delicate balance between teasing something that's coming and overdoing something so we don't care when it shows. And I think this is one of those instances where they did it right, where it's a nice tease of I want more of this. So by the time we get to Mania, we want that match where I think that there's certain matches where we've seen different iterations of it so many times that now I'm kind of burnt out and we haven't even got to the match. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. there's a delicate balance of teasing and burning out and you're doing kind of relatively the same thing, but how does it work with one versus the other? And I think that th this specific storyline with the women's tag team, I think they're absolutely nailing it where I can't wait for this fatal four way at mania. Yeah. And every time I get a match that ends in disqualification, I go, God, I want to see the full match. You know what I mean? Like I just get more excited. Where other right. ones, it's all like there's so many disqualifications that I don't even care anymore. I just don't want to, I don't I don't care anymore. Right. It's a weird balance. Yeah. And this is the one they're nailing. Yeah, yeah, no, I I got you. I yeah, I'm excited. Like I'm you know, I'm always pretty stoked about the women's matches just because what I feel like what I we've seen from them is they already know they're gonna have less time. So yeah. their quality is just so good, unless yeah, it's Charlotte. And I have a diatribe on. I have a little soapbox on that that we got to talk about later. But all right, all right, definitely, definitely. Uh, let's see. All right, so here's where the next thing happens. The next big thing. They uh, show the Knoxville uh, video package. It goes back to the desk, and Michael Cole says, uh, "Hey, I'm being told in my ear right now you're you're being summoned to Vince McMahon's office." And Pat. Yep. Yep. Pat. Goes, he just looks at him and goes. We're live, fool. And then Michael Cole's all like, no, you're being summoned and you have to go. And he looks and he's like, are you on drugs right now? Like, yeah. Michael Cole's like, I am not. You need to go. And he's all like, he takes his headset off and he looks at me. He's like, are you serious right now? Do I? Have yeah, 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 yeah. I'm yeah, saying that no, to say like. He did job and he came out. It was incredible. He came but, out later in the show, you know, kind of like all bummed out. Pat's a good actor too. He He's good. He's good at his craft. And, uh, yeah. No, I mean, we're just fucking lucky. I think we're just it's lucky. Just you know? It's really good. Yeah. I want to give two criticisms to the McAfee segment. Okay. And I want you to let me finish because I know that you're going to defend him at all costs. And I don't. No, no. Go, go, go. I'll yeah. let you finish. Yeah, I'll let here's, you finish. Here's my two criticisms. For a dude who can't, comes off so natural all the time especially even yeah. that part when yeah, he cut yeah his promo it came yeah. off a little too rehearsed for me but well, well, which one the the promo this one against austin theory where he was all like i have a dream i'm doing the thing oh i fucking love are you okay i i said i'd let you finish like, yeah 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 that's what i'm saying let me finish here's i loved it but it came off a little too rehearsed for a guy who comes off so perfect natural but what it did do to me is it made me think about how much he fucking cares i think that the only reason it came off for hers is because he he wanted it so badly to be perfect and to be right and i i even loved that aspect of it so even the criticism of it came off a little rehearsed still made me love it more because it was like man he's he wants this to be perfect and he nailed it and it was so fucking good but I think you can tell when he's coming off the cuff and when he's not, if that makes sense. I think he's doing amazing. And I love his passion for it. And I think it's great. It just didn't feel like all the other stuff he says and does that comes off, off the cuff. Even when it comes off like he's thought it before. Again, amazing. I loved it. 
And then the only other criticism I really had was he turned his back on Austin Theory for like a long time. And I just don't know why. I can't tell if it was because because shit was phoning, he knew Austin wouldn't do anything, or because he was egging on, subtly egging on Austin Theory to do something to give him a reason to fight him. You know what I mean? But it was like his back being turned to his opponent, his aggressor, for a long time was a little weird. But it wasn't the worst thing. It didn't ruin it by any means at all. Um, so the only but, thing I have a problem with this whole fuck. Okay, so I can't argue the rehearse thing, but I'm going to put it to you in this context. He runs promos every day on his show. Yeah. Like, kind of. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's how he rehearsed. Yes. So yeah. I think he did that 100% off the cuff. It was fucking awesome. It was the greatest promo of all time until the fucking bitch-ass Austin Theory fucking interrupted it. Because we would have got millions and millions. I mean, he had the fucking crowd doing what? It was so fucking good. Dude, and the so what didn't phase him. They didn't phase him. When he heard and- the what's... He kind of smirked and said, here it no, is. No, he, he, he wanted the what's. I can tell you, they say what every fucking day on a show. What? What? I'm telling you, man. Yeah, like, I'm telling you. It is in his lexicon every yeah. fucking day. He is about that shit, my man. Mm-hmm. 100 fucking percent. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then he even did it. He said, give me a hell yeah. And it crushed the what chance. Yeah, said, I'm yeah. fucking telling you, he does it all, all. When you say rehearsed, like he rehearsed it. Yeah. He's been rehearsing it for the three fucking years he's done his show because yeah. that has been a part of his show on the Pat McAfee show. If you don't yeah. know, yeah. Monday through Friday comes on at eight for me and goes to 11. Yeah. You guys figure out the time difference. Uh, it is the shit. I guess that would be noon to four on the East Coast. Okay. So, the best fucking show ever in the history of radio shows. No holds barred, as the great Al Michael said. He's been rehearsing those promos. Now, he just gets to focus it on Austin Theory. So, I yeah, think what yeah. he did out there was all impromptu off the cuff. And it was awesome until that douchebag selfies taking fucking millennial fuck Austin Theory shows up and ruins it. I did but get yeah. a kick out of, though, where uh, so McAfee does his, like, I'm sorry, you're a little bitch, and I apologize for you sucking ass. That was awesome. Up. Yeah. But my counted. favorite part was he said that shit, and then Austin Theory smiles and then goes, you apologize. You said, I'm sorry. And fucking yeah. Oh, that was great. <laughs> and it counted. I'm counting it. Like, I take well, it. Let, well, because were you a little bit? I was starting to get concerned that they were going to fire McAfee, like kayfabe oh, fire. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Corey fucking Graves on Marah. He needs to shut his fucking mouth. Corey Graves, I see what you're doing, and I don't like it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Some notable lines I wanted to talk about real quick. Oh, uh, you want to hit the chat real fast? Justin Time says, Theory has to get some credit as well for making himself hated so much as you want to see him getting punched in the face. He's done a great Justin job. Justin Time, you are not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> that is 100% correct. But I would hate him anyway because he fucking bitch slapped Pat and you just don't fucking go there. Yeah. 
Like I would have, I might have jumped out of the stands and like been a part of the show and cold cocked Austin Theory if I'd seen him slap Pat. I'm just telling you, I might have fucking like drop kicked that motherfucker, (laughs) and Uh, I probably would be banned from WWE events forever. Because if I'd have been there in person, I might have fucking Superman punched that bitch. Just flying off the top. Dude, uh, he, like, they're saying Pat's, this is what I don't like, Rev Mark. I don't like this about the storyline. They're saying Pat's in professional, but did Pat put his face in front of Austin here and stand so you get slapped? Austin Terry just comes out and slaps him because he interviewed Vince. One of the greatest interviews of all time of Vince. So, as far as that unprofessionalness, I will say that throw that down if you if you uh, whether we agree or not the 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 argument is whether or not was it unprofessional or such right so if you're in let's say a bar and a dude punches you in the face if you're not in texas there is no stand your ground law if you fight back you're now equally as culpable think about it even in students in school if a kid gives you a wedgie and you beat the shit oh, out of that man. kid you're breaking you this down way it can't be this fucking complex no i mean i it's just simple. don't like throw the fucking unprofessionalism out we don't need it he I'm slapped both culpable i think it's a little weird they're not coming down on austin theory for sure that's what i'm saying it makes it li- like it's that whole fucking unprofessional argument look dumb we don't need it anyway you slap pat we want him to beat his fucking ass yeah do both I, I, yeah. I think there should have been like a dual sorry thing. Yeah. Right. But, I don't think, yeah, we don't need the fucking Pat is unprofessional bullshit. And I see what you're doing, Corey Graves, and I don't like it. <laughs> uh, three lines in there I wanted to mention. Four lines, actually. Uh, I thought it was really peculiar that Pat McAfee said, and I tuned into a no name network, the USA Network. Is that just a yeah. dig against. Wrong. I think it was just no. I think it was just uh, you know Pat described his childhood because I think a lot of people didn't know what USA Network was back in the at day. the time. Yeah, yeah. No, you it think wasn't. Rob put USA Network on the map. I I think yes. I think it okay. Raw did what was what put USA yes at one million percent. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm just asking about. I mean, it. I happen to know what USA Network was because. I was a little horny kid and they had this show called Up All Night and there was they'd always show like it was never nudity because it was cable, like yeah. not pay for a cable, but like I mean you get a little every once in a while headlights, woo headlights. Yeah. You know Isn't that where Taxi Cab Confessions had it start? Uh yeah, I think something. Maybe I thought that was HBO, yeah. but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Femme Nikita was. I know that Pac Blue was on there and that was oh. horny. Yeah, kid yeah. Sometimes. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there was definitely a target audience, and it was males going through puberty for yeah. fucking sure. Okay, yeah, I know. Like so okay. I do think that Raw was probably the WWE probably did put USA Network on the is probably their highest rated show. I believe that that wrestling is and has other than when Monday Night went to cable had. You know all the all the football records, the NFL football records on cable. They broke wrestling records. Yeah, those are the records they broke. Wrestling always had the high ratings and stuff. So okay, yeah, yeah. I wasn't. I I think that was like a. I think that was actually a homage to the like, you know, that was past fan. Yes, go ahead though. I continue on. I love it. No, no, I love it. That's what I was asking for because in my mind I was kind of like 
what? And I was trying to sort it out. I think you were yeah. talking through it. Uh, I loved, and a lot of people were talking about it. He said, I saw, the first time I saw professional wrestling, and everyone's like, oh, God, WWE's professional wrestling again. It just made me laugh. <laughs> but it was cool, and it felt real. Um, I love his comment saying other professions got in the way. Like, being in the NFL and going to the Super Bowl was a hurdle to get to WWE. <laughs> loved it. Uh, and then I did like also, he said, I got a call from the greatest of all time, Michael Cole, and the crowd cheered. I love it. Yeah, that crowd. was fucking cool. That yeah. was a really, that was a pat, be it, you know, because he says horrible shit about Cole on the broadcast, but that was fucking so cool. I, that was such a cool special moment where Pat is shouting out his broadcast partner and friend, Michael Cole, yep. like saying, hey, you are the fucking gay 08, the greatest of all time. And I, you know, fuck, yep. I yep. love Jim Ross, but Michael Cole's fucking awesome. He's, you know, he's underrated for sure. I've liked him since fucking day one. Like he was yep. on the Attitude Era. Yep. He was in fucking one of the sideline guys. He's, he's awesome, dude. Yep. And that guy seems like a legit dude. And uh, I fucking, I love him, man. Yeah, and it, I love he's been on Pat's show and it's just been cool to get to know that guy. I'm a big fan, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. I love it. And I thought that was such show. a fucking cool moment. I'm glad you brought yeah. that up, Ref Marsh, because yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. When I saw that I remember because he's like the greatest Michael Cole and I was like, Oh shit, what are they gonna do? And yeah. the crowd just they cheered. And I was like, I love that they're just throwing flowers at him, you know. I love it. He deserves um, it, man. Oh, even if sure, you dude. don't think he is, even if you're a Jim Ross guy, fucking Michael Gold deserves some adulation. There's always a second guy that's the you know that transcends that thing, and he's that guy, man. Oh, for sure. Yeah, dude, and it, it came across also as we move on a little bit towards um, Kofi Kingston and Ranch Holland. They showed all that Big E stuff and Briggy breaking his neck and the oh, videos that he did, and it was crazy. And Michael Cole did was everything cool. he could. It was yeah. cool. And Michael Cole, again, stepped in and did everything he could to try and make sure the fans don't blame Ridge Holland and get mad at him. He started saying about how Holland... Even though I totally blame Ridge Holland and I'm mad at Ridge Holland. But Michael Cole was saying that Holland Holland was there and apologized and was with him and never wanted anything like that to happen and never did it intentionally. Like, Michael Cole was doing everything he could. Dude, I honestly, like... I, I, I was good. I'm glad you brought this up too because I forgot about that. But I was like, yeah, fuck you, Rich Holland. And then I was like, oh man, sorry, Rich Holland. <laughs> it sucks. This is your legacy as of right now. No, yeah. but I mean, like, I felt like it was cool that Michael Cole, I thought that was a really cool way to kind of deflame that fucking controversy. Yes. You know? Uh, and, and, that uh you know they stood by biggie of course but also hey like ridge holland is one of our own too and we're with exactly. him. he I feels understand. fucking terrible about it and understands why there's some vitriol that might be going his way and you know it doesn't hurt that the guy is not from america right already you're probably not liked by a lot of fans <laughs> if you're a foreign wrestler so mm. i you know yeah you know. And the other thing he did to, that night? But fuck you, Rich Hogg. No, yeah, sorry. You do. <laughs> um, at one point during the women's tag match, Pat McAfee said that Charlotte was behind 
Sasha Banks. And there was a pause for a fraction of a second because he goes like, because uh, Pat McAfee just says it, Charlotte completely behind Sasha Banks right now. And then McAfee, with almost barely a beat, just goes, Charlotte, North Carolina, where you're, we're coming to you live from. And I was yeah, all yeah. like, wow. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, because he made the second sure Pat that... said that, me and, yeah. and producer lady looked at each other and we went, Charlotte's behind Sasha? Yeah, and but you Michael forgot Cole. it was at North Carolina. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That was a really good way for Pat to shout out where they were at. That was it super was a good, good way for Pat to shout out where he's at, but he, but he also failed to say North Carolina, which was a way to confuse the audience to think Charlotte Flair instead of Charlotte, North Carolina. And yeah, it was I a never great once way. saw Charlotte Flair. But yeah. I did for sure. And it was a no. great way for Michael Cole to catch Pat McAfee in that one little bit that might confuse people that he didn't realize might confuse people. So it was I kind of like a that was, I just thought that was just awesome announcing cohesiveness at its best. And oh, yeah. They did it on, and they did 100%. it on purpose. They did it I don't think they did it on purpose. I don't think oh, so okay. at all. I think they totally said purpose. Charlotte, and I think that Michael Cole caught right away. Some 100%. fans might nope. miss that. Nope. 100%. I, just, I love 100% it. 100% they did it on There's purpose. There's such a <laughs> – 100%. That's why it's that's why we love it. We're talking about it. It was good. They did it on purpose. Could be. Yeah. Uh, well, that's they what they did. say about live TV, right? Nothing happens on accident on live TV. Yeah, they fucking did it. They did that shit on purpose, yeah. dude. Yeah. Just and that's how that, awesome. that just shows how fucking good they are as a together. Yes. And we have to have that for a long time now. Because yeah. Pat loves it, and I don't think he wants to stop doing it. I don't want him to ever stop. Uh, yeah, I uh, want him to do it as long as he just loves doing it. You know, uh, as long anything. As he loves... Oh yeah, 100. And uh, uh, let's see, anything that you had to say about Charlotte Flair, Ronda Rousey, as we? Uh, um, yeah. Oh, I do. I think I texted you. I was so upset about this match. Charlotte fucking Flair, take a fucking bump for Ronda fucking Rousey. She fucking deserves it. You should show her the fucking in ring respect that has been shown to you by Becky Lynch. Any other woman that's wrestled you where you don't take a bump, you're like the fucking Terminator through every fucking offensive throw from your opponent. And if they lay their best move on, you're still like, oh, that barely fazed me. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. I do not get that at all. Yeah. Why yeah. is she still in the WWE? It's awful. Here's the part that confuses me the most. And I don't that's want us to spend all night harping on it because it just is what it is and it's personal opinion and that's all it ever will be. Yeah. Like. But the part that confuses me the most is you and me and Kev and Justin and Bishop and a ton of fans that I know watch Charlotte Flair and we all say the same thing. She's not doing what others are doing. She's not putting other people first. She's selfish. Dude, what, make her watch Mr. Fucking Perfect sell something, okay? Because she is the anti-Mr. Perfect. She is literally does not sell. Does she understand she's supposed to make your fucking opponent look like they're actually good? Because if you I mean, make them look like shit and then you beat them, then you're just beating shit. Are you good? I mean, I don't understand what her fucking logic is. She needs to get over her fucking self because she does seem like to me, she's got such potential to be awesome, 
but she's not awesome. She's far from it. And it's on, dude, I, again, we talked about getting up and leaving. I'm, I'm going to go get a pickle from the fridge while you talk about Charlotte. Because right. I don't. And a quick, a quick shout it. out to Scott Hall. He's he's talked about it before that uh, he learned how to sell through Kurt Henning when they were a team. Because he he said that that if you're gonna beat me, you're gonna beat me. Like you're not gonna kick out at, at three and a quarter or some shit. He was like, I'll sit there and lay out, uh, all night long until they come down to tear down the ring because they're gonna make it matter, right? So uh, it's nice that you you point out the the. Mr. Perfect stuff because uh, Scott Hall throughout his entire life always credited Mr. Perfect for why he sold the way that he did. Even Justin Times in the chat says Charlotte or Rhonda didn't really bump for each other. It almost feels like Rhonda is giving Charlotte a taste of her own medicine, but it still looks ridiculous that neither one of them sold anything during that brawl. Uh, I will say, as uh, except for the table spot at the end, and I think part of that Justin might just be a rush of time. They had all of like 30 seconds to get all that in and end in a table spot. Sometimes the no-selling is a response to time and trying to get your shit in. Uh, I will say it felt that way, like if you wanted another example, uh, which you didn't ask for. Uh, if you look at the cage match between Thunder and Britt, a lot of people were talking about the no-selling of the end of the match. I think it was a, a rush to get through the spots to get to the end of the match more so than, than the latter. Uh, but yeah, sometimes it comes off that way for sure. Here's the thing that I get confused about is, is like I was saying, Beard, that yeah, all a lot of us feel that way and talk that way uh, about it. But then you hear a giant sect of fans who just say, as soon as Charlotte does anything, they just regurgitate out. Charlotte is literally the greatest to ever do this on any level, and no one's in a class of her. And that's the part that confuses me because I feel like I feel yeah. like it's a regurgitation of something. That there is heard. nobody that and, awful at taking bumps and selling her opponent. Right, but what I'm saying is... There's never been somebody that terrible. Okay, but what I'm saying is I feel like it almost comes off to me as a regurgitation of what someone else told them that they feel is in high regard. Like, like let's say, let's take Bully Ray, for example. He's on Busted Open, and he's constantly saying Charlotte's the absolute best. I feel like some fans listen to Bully Ray say that, and they go, well, he knows what he's talking about, so if I think different, then I'm stupid. So I have to agree with that. But I feel like objectively, if you watch her and what she's doing, it's hard to show that. It's hard to like point at something and say, look at this good thing here. The promos come off cold. They come off rehearsed. They come off childish. The The bumps come off non-existent. The yeah. selling's just not there. Yeah. It's a weird... I feel like, the, it, to me, the most fascinating thing about Charlotte is the dichotomy of people who watch Charlotte. You either say she's the worst because you just don't see anything good or valuable there, or people say she's the absolute best, and I'll be honest, the people who say that, I don't understand what they're seeing. They're fucking insane. (laughs) You're a fucking moron. You are a fucking moron if you think what she's doing is good. There's nothing good about her. And she knows, and you know why I know that? Because she's too athletically gifted to be that fucking awful. Mm. You can see her when she wants to. Yeah. Make herself look good. She'll look incredible. What she doesn't understand is if she doesn't make her opponent look good, she doesn't look that good. Therefore, Mm. like I said, she 
anybody that's saying anything about her about being a goat of anything is way off unless you're she's the goat of being terrible because she is the fucking worst it is not fun it is i mean kev said this last episode right that's when he goes to the bathroom like yeah sorry i stopped paying attention with her for sure I did hear someone say recently that they thought that Charlotte was the the best female performer of the year last year because they said, this is what they said, because she's volatile. You don't know what you're going to get. If she's into it, you get one thing. If she's not into it, you get another thing. And that was their argument on why they thought she was the best. And in my mind, I was going, but that's the literal argument of why someone's not good is that they're volatile. You want yeah, but you know what? There is a point to that, though. Like a lot of the fucking rock stars became rock stars because they like only wanted brown M and M's and shit. Mm. I mean, you know, sometimes you get the reputation of being a terrible person because you are one. But yeah. you know, maybe you're just playing one. I don't know. That might be, and that I I get that. I guess. You know? All right. I mean, That's Justin Chun says easiest way to put it. All the praise she's gotten over the years has gone to her head and inflated her ego at the same time. That's that's probably what's happened. That makes sense. I can't honestly. I don't care. It's just horrible, and I don't want to see it. Yeah, and she won't beat Ronda anyway. I'm I'm 100% convinced Ronda wins that match. So she should. It'll be Charlotte's first loss. That well, no, I guess Charlotte lost the triple threat at Mania. It'll be Charlotte's first one-on-one loss in Mania, which is something. Uh, Let's move on to Rock. Overall, just because this is a, a conversation I see online from time to time, do you think Raw oh. has been a solid show in the past few months? Or do you think it's hard to get through? Yeah, it's been okay. I think it's been solid. I think it's been good. Yeah. I got nothing. No, it was good. Yeah. Yeah. So it opened the up. last Raw was awesome. Yeah. I thought this one was great. And I thought it had the to AJ be. fucking versus Seth Rollins thing. That was yeah. fucking awesome. So, then Edge so, came in and wrecked that too, and I mean, like, not mad at Edge. No, nope. but would have liked to have seen that go five minutes more. You know what I'm saying? Uh, what a great match! Fucking awesome. I love what they're doing with Seth Rollins because they don't have a plan for Seth Rollins. So let's make the story that we don't have a plan for Seth Rollins until we fucking figure out a story for Seth Rollins, essentially. But dude, here's my favorite part it's about still really fun. My favorite part about Seth Rollins' story is that right now he keeps trying to take other people's stories like he's just going over and saying hey you've been building this rivalry for a few um, months i'll just take they that don't know, they don't know what to do with them right i know but i think it's hysterical that his view is like hey they have a rivalry i'll just take that one like from a character standpoint, and I, my favorite part of all of it is that it's such a fucking outrageous concept to be like, well, you guys have a beef, so if I just take it over, then that should be fine, right? Because it'll be just as cool. And the fact that Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville are like indulging that, yeah. my favorite part of every segment with Seth Rollins at this point is how he sees a storyline that's ongoing, yeah. tries to hijack it, and then the powers that be. Say, we like that idea. My favorite part is watching the opponent, the Kevin Owens or the AJ Styles, go, what the fuck is happening? (laughs) Because they play it so well, where they're just all like, what? Why would you indulge this at all? 
does this become such a popular storyline that they put him in the championship match with Brock and Roman? No, I think it'd be more likely they give him an open challenge. Hey, okay. we'll put you on there, and anyone who wants to come out and have a match with you can. Gable Stevenson? And then you get a Gable Pop or a Cody Pop yeah. or something like that. Yeah, Gable. Oh, but dude, I was going to say earlier, because I forgot to finish it. Someone I saw made a comment where they thought it was a smart-ass funny response to say, watch the Seth match end up being against Gable Stevenson, or Steveson, yeah. and then and then Seth Rollins takes the pin. And I was like, that's actually a good idea. Have Seth on a series of losses trying to get himself into WrestleMania, weasel himself in there, end up with Gable Stevenson, put Gable through an incredible match, and put over Gable. It's not going to hurt Seth. And it's going to make yeah. Gable look like a thousand... Yeah. Look amazing. I hope that happens. I absolutely if that hope that happen, happens. I'll be, <laughs> if that doesn't happen now, I think I'll be really disappointed. I know. And the person said it like it was a smart-ass thing and they even put laughy emojis like, wouldn't that be stupid? And I was like, no, that's a great idea. Have Seth Rollins on the hunt for WrestleMania. Yeah, good idea, kid. get it because of Gable. And have Seth Rollins put Gable over. That's perfect. Yeah. Hey, also, um, we should start a website for the Charlotte fans so we know they're out there because I just don't know that they're out there. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, they're I all in media. I believe in aliens before I believe in Charlotte Flair fans. I'll tell you, the majority of Charlotte Flair fans I see are people who are, like, uh, media-driven. People who are told to like her, more or less. You but, also question their sanity, though. Like, if you were in a locked room with them and they had, like, a lethal weapon in their hand, would yeah. you trust yourself with them? That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, although, let's talk about how Raw opened up. It opened with the glass shattering. Okay. Dun, 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 dun. Hated it. Hated it. Hated it. And loved it all at the same time. Yeah. Here's what I would have liked to have seen. The second time he broke the glass and he was like, psych, I was like, okay, I love it. But then do it a third time and actually have Stone Cold come out. It'd have been nice to see Stone Cold. Well, but... and then I think it would have been a fair payoff to those fans that got jerked around a little bit. Because I actually felt bad for the fans there. Because they legit thought Stone Cold was there. Yeah. Until fucking Kevin Owens dressed as Stone Cold. And then you could see, like, a lot of them looked really disappointed. Even the cameras couldn't hide that. I yeah. felt bad for that fucking... So I thought it would have been really cool to be like... And then they heard the second one, and they're like... And he'd have been like, ah, I got you! And then the third, and actually having Stone Cold come out. Even if it was just run out, fucking smack Kevin Owens in the face, run it, you know, stun him, get the fuck out. Nothing huge. Um... Kevin Owens would have sold bigger than shit. And I thought Chicago, big enough fan. Was it Chicago, correct? Yeah, it was Chicago. Big wrestling fucking, you know, always used to say those were the loudest ones in the old Chicago yeah. stadium and stuff. Uh, 100%. I would have loved to see that. Other than that, I didn't have a problem with it. I loved it. Here's why I loved that they did that to the Chicago crowd of all crowds. One... <laughs> Here's Kevin Owens getting some real fucking heat. Like, I, because Rollins, or, uh, uh, Kevin Owens is fresh off a babyface run, more or less. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. a lot of people were saying, well, how is he going to turn heel so fast as to get in a program with Stone Cold because someone's going to boost Stone Cold? Well, this took is how week. you do it. <laughs> took a week. He's took been week. doing it for like a month and a half now. 
It yeah. took no time. He did it no quick. Time. Yeah. Yeah. He did it but quick. The reason I liked that it was Chicago is because of how much I hate Chicago as a crowd. Because Chicago is the one crowd that for years, for eight years, anytime anything happened in a segment with anybody of power, any Triple H, yeah. any Vince, any Stephanie, anytime they were slightly bored, they would chant CM Punk. Oh, yeah, yeah, So yeah. loud. And he would obviously never show up because he didn't give a fuck. He's never cared about his fans. Yeah. So for them to get this, we're going to make you think it's Stone Cold, and then we're not going to give you Stone Cold. For me, I'm so happy it was in Chicago and nowhere else. Because Chicago's the one fan base that has ruined fucking programs before by chanting something so meaningless as CM Punk. So you're saying they did that shit on purpose. I'm saying I hope they fuck did it you. on purpose. <laughs> fuck you to Chicago. Yeah, fuck Be you like, Chicago. Remember all those CM Punk chants, you motherfuckers? Yep. How you liking them on AEW? Yeah. I don't, I don't know, is CM Punk doing good on AEW? Not really. <laughs> okay. You heard it from Rap Mode? Yeah. I mean, he, this last program he did with MJF was good. Everything before that's been kind of like meh. Really oh, okay. meh. Matter of fact, my brother started watching AEW uh, because of CM Punk. And yeah. I asked him, I was like, hey, is, has anything happened on there been impressive that I should make sure I catch? And he went, I wouldn't say impressive. And I went, okay, well, it is what it is. Now, the MJF stuff he's been doing has been impressive. However, yeah, it's been kind of is what it is. So I love that it was the Chicago crowd because of the pettiness, because of how many times they're, they're in that arena and they chant CM Punk during women's matches and shit. For them to get teased by Stone Cold and not get Stone Cold, yeah, I loved yeah. it. I loved okay. it from an at-home oh, viewership point. I just was saying I would have I would have appreciated the KO promo even more because yeah. it was good. It was hilarious. It was brilliant. Everything he did, I liked. I liked, I and I was like, "Hey, I could actually pull being Stone Cold off for Halloween and not shave my beard." <laughs> yeah, yeah, because now you could do well, Kevin Owens says Stone Cold, and your, I don't have to costume. put a bald cap on because I have that down already. Yeah. So. Yeah, get a couple like, knee uh, braces, some jean shorts, you're good. I can be Kevin Owens portraying Stone Cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you can put a I bald cap over your bald head. Yeah, I need some jorts. I got the Stone Cold shirt, and I got the yeah. Stone Cold hat. Yeah. And then I need a couple of shitty knee braces, one that's like flopping in the breeze and shit. Oh, yeah, it's going to be great. It'll yeah. Be great. Yeah. Uh, but I love that. I love that as a way to open the show, dude. Absolutely loved it. Right. Uh, let's see. Mysterios and Ziggler, Robert Rude. I liked all that. I honestly did. I like them coming out of yeah. the Champions. No, I'm excited for The Miz and uh, Logan Paul in the Mysterios. That's going to be a good match. And, uh, you know, I guess everybody hates the Paul brothers. They're going to be the they're gonna be the heels, and they're going to get paid to do it. And they're going to get yep. paid a lot to do it. And people are going to hate them for it. And they're going to laugh all the way to the bank. I agree with all that. Yeah. No. Nope. Uh, Justin Time does say in the chat, though, that he would actually prefer to be Gable Steveson uh, than Cody. Rollins would make him look a million bucks like Dominic uh, did in his first match. Um, yeah, 100%. I think at this point I'd rather be Gable than Cody anyways. You mean Gable uh, against Seth Rollins? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's fucking do that. That sounds great. I'm good with yeah. that. Yeah, I and, love it. Dude, the Cody Rhodes stuff is fancy booking. We know it's, Gable Stevenson's on the roster. He's going to wrestle someone. Not only is it fancy, we don't know about Cody Rhodes. It doesn't Rhodes. feel like purposeful. 
What? It's not only is it fantasy booking, it feels like without purpose. Like, uh, even just imagine, let's say Cody Rhodes shows up for an open challenge. Why should I care? You know what I mean? But Gable Stevenson, why should I care? Is because he's a fucking legit gold medalist and two-time NCAA champion going against Seth Rollins, one of the greatest in the world. That's something to consider. Like, I don't know why I should care about Cody versus Seth without any build. I guarantee you if Cody signed with the WWE, they're not going to debut him before WrestleMania because they've already had what they've been planning for too long now. I just think. Uh, it's hard to say for me. I could see them doing a bunch of stuff here, but at the same time... Because I, I... Cody just left AEW like a month ago, correct? Yeah. Okay, so the WWE has been building the fucking WrestleMania ticket long before a month ago. For sure. And I just don't think even if they signed Cody Rhodes, he would be a part of it. I think there's, there's, I would, I think I would prefer Cody debut on the Raw after WrestleMania. Yeah. And cut a promo that makes me care that he's here than have him just show up and have a match against Seth for no reason. That's more likely, I think, too. I, I think we're saying the same exact fucking thing. Yeah. That's what should happen. And I think that's more likely what will happen. And I'd, I think I'd be happier with that. I'd rather see Seth and Gable than see Seth at Cody this year. I wouldn't mind oh. seeing Seth and Cody next year, but I don't know why I should give a shit Cody is here yet. Especially from a fan base that doesn't all watch AEW. Think about it just from numbers perspective. You have over twice the viewership as AEW on a good night. Like, they what don't all watch. So they don't all care. They, you just, you gotta get them, a, you gotta feed them a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we'll see. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Justin Time and his terrible takes, you'd almost swear he had the terrible wrestling takes podcast, but he doesn't. He has any yeah. time wrestling podcast. Yeah. Almost versus Commander Aziz. I want to know what you think, Beard, about almost as a talent. Yeah, I like him. I mean, give him time. You know, I think it's always so much harder for the big guys. Yeah. You know, because yeah. they already are intimidating, so they have to be good on the promos. The Undertaker didn't have to be good on promos because you just play this magnanimous character that doesn't fucking talk, who just, you know, murders family, whatever, the whole mystique of The Undertaker. That was the brilliance of that promo is he didn't have to do much. Yeah. You know, it wasn't until he did American Badass and all the other shit mm-hmm. where he, he actually, like, the Mark Calloway character came out a little bit more. But really, that that was an easy character to play. So, you know... I think Omos, he's just got to find his niche there. And, you know, once he learns to run a promo, he'll be fine, you know. And I like what he does in the ring, and he's intimidating, yeah. you know. And AJ helped him, you know. I think I think it was time for that to broke up, and it was good. Um, and I like them actually really enjoy it because of Justin Time. <laughs> watching AJ like transform into a baby face again. Yeah. And I'm just enjoying that whole thing. And then of course they don't know what the fuck to do with Seth Rollins at all. They still don't know. Hopefully Gable Stevenson would be real so, cool. So Justin had in his uh, um, Twitter feed, he thought there's no place for the big giant in wrestling anymore. I don't agree with that. Me I don't. And Omos could be like they could make a remake of fucking 
the Princess Bride, he could play Andre's character, man. He seems like that gregarious to me. Like, mm -hmm. he probably is a really nice, funny guy. They, I think they should turn Omos babyface, actually. I think it would make, it would do him mm -hmm. good. I think it would help him with the promo stuff because it's easy to be a heel, right? I think being an asshole, it was like, oh, I just have to be an asshole and I can do this. Okay, I think it's easier. It becomes easier in nature. I think it would be it would be good to see him as a uh, baby face. And because there is already a shortage of baby faces in the WWE, he could do some damage. Yeah, you know, yeah. he could be a guy that could go up against Roman. I would believe mm -hmm. it right now. Mm -hmm. So let's, I, I want to see that. That would be cool. I mean, I, I'm not saying, I just think they can, yes, he's, we already know he's this unbeatable Colossus. Let's yeah, let's yeah. show that he has like a heart of gold. He's like this really great well, guy. Yeah. Uh, do you think his matches are boring? Do you think his match with Aziz was? Boring? No, no. I like him. I like him. I mean, I yeah. don't think he's ever gotten very really long matches anyway. They just haven't gotten a lot of time. But again, that's a, probably a way of getting him over is just by making him sure he's dominating. Ram, doom, yeah, done yeah. over. And like, the strength, I think, still go a long way. Like picking yeah, up a guy yeah. the size of Aziz is incredible. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was impressive. Didn't he mm -hmm. like KOD him or some shit? I don't mm -hmm. know. That was mm -hmm. really crazy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I don't agree with Justin. I don't think that there's no space for giants. I think that the mentality of there's no space for giants and the giant way of working is yeah. the same mentality that is the more flips, the better. You know what I mean? Where your focus is on the moves, not about the story. The story of a big lumbering colossus that is going to take a lot to take out is an important story there just because... I mean, people still talk about Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant being one of the most important matches to WWE of all time. It is. Yeah. It is. It is. If you don't believe it is, you, you don't know the history of wrestling. Yeah. It is. It's very important. And... The idea that Hulk Hogan body slammed Andre the Giant, I know people contest it all the time because they talk about how Harley Race body slammed him and how he wasn't the first one to body slam him. And sure, that's not in the WWE lexicon. He was the first one to do it in WWE. So the first time it was really televised, Yeah, it still made it a big deal. Because at the same time, think about shit that happens now in house shows that are not televised. You know, Does that make it part of the lexicon or no? It was a really big deal. It probably and I think helps someone the, goes over. It probably helps the mythos or whatever, the whole thing. Yeah. Like if it gets done in the indies a lot and then it happens on the grand scale, it probably means a lot to all the people that mm -hmm. love those moments from the indies, right? That That's also true. watch that also watch wrestling. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's true. So yeah, I just want to throw that there. I want to know what you thought about it as someone especially who it's kind of fresher mindseted than, than yeah. The I mean, I I want to see what he can do. I'm willing to give him a chance, and I'm no, I don't yeah. hate him. You uh, know, and I know Undertaker said that almost is the closest thing that he's seen to Andre since Andre. Yeah, yeah, and I I heard Omos took that like really to heart. Like that was a really nice thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we actually talked about that on the show yeah, before. I think so too. Episode yeah. one in the past. Yeah, probably episode one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Natalia and Shayna uh, against Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan. Queens Lena Carmella being involved. Awesome. I loved all of it, man. Again, match was too short. So good. 
Carmella coming out and complaining to Corey during the other match. So fucking funny, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're doing a good job, man. That's what I said. Yeah. Like, they don't need to have any other storylines, Corey Graves. I see what you're doing, yeah. and I don't like it. <laughs> Carmella is so high-level obnoxious. I think people could study her work. She's good, man. And it's not obnoxious if you appreciate what she's doing. I love it. It's good. I, I like even, her. I fucking I, hated her when I first came over, too, man. I was like, oh, I don't like this chick at all. She's like the leftovers of the Divas era. And then you were like, no, give her a chance, blah, blah, blah. And then, you you know, you, like I got to learn about the person behind the character, too. And then I think she's a sweetheart, man. I'm a big fan of her. Oh, for and sure. She could go back on another title run. She's doing so good. Yeah. I wanted to say this. I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, she's yeah. she should give Bianca a run when Bianca beats Becky yeah. two belts or whatever the fuck. Yeah, I wouldn't have a problem with that at all. And it's when I say she's obnoxious, I don't say that in a negative way. I say that. No, I know you don't. I know you don't because I know you love Carmella. Yeah, I, and I, I didn't think you were coming from that. No, I thought you were coming from my, uh, uh, you were praising how well she's mm -hmm. doing. You are fucking yeah. correct. Yeah. Because she does shit that I find so fucking annoying and I can't help but laugh because of how much I like her as a person and as a talent. Yeah. I don't even think it's annoying. Like, you say what? I don't think it's annoying. I think it's awesome story. It's fucking good. It's a good way to have her be fucking a terrible partner. And yeah. I, it's awesome. It's oh, yeah. a great way to make her a heel without her be say she's like the oblivious heel. Yeah. It's even that I which I think is even harder to pull off. I love yeah. it. I think it's fucking uh, brilliant. Oh yeah. Yeah. She's she's great. She's great in the Yeah, yeah. She's incredible, man. Yeah, yeah. You got me. It didn't take very long for me to come around on her. You know, mm -hmm. like you were like, no, give her a chance because this, this, and this. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. She seems like a really good person. Of course, I, I'm not watching all the Corey and Carmella, but I watched the first five apps and I was like, oh, yeah, they're, it's cute and yeah. funny and goofy, but I hate reality TV for the most part. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, I already like them, uh, you know, for the most part, Corey Graves, yeah. I see what you're doing and I don't like it. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, what did you think of the Becky Lynch promo? Yeah, you know, uh, I actually thought she came across a little whiny, honestly. I was like, uh, I mean, I think they, the crowd really hated her. Mm -hmm. Which I think if that's what the intent was, she did a really, really fucking good job then. Because I was like, I hate you. And I want you to not be on the TV for a while. Which is probably gearing her up for be a little bit of a mama break or something, which is fine. She's gonna get Bianca over, which Bianca deserves, you know, one hundred percent. You're not a fan if you don't uh, love it. I mean, that you can just see the fans are behind her. It was the right decision to do what they did. Yeah, they think the Bianca Belair fans came back in force and are like, yeah, we want Bianca back. And uh, I think this match could be one of the greatest matches of all time. I'm that excited about it. I think it could be great. And I think that this Becky Lynch promo was maybe the single greatest promo she's ever cut to date. I thought it was fucking phenomenal. I don't know. Yeah. Did you ever watch, I believe it was like 92 or 93, there was a movie called The Lawnmower Man. 
Oh, yeah, that's a good movie. Stephen King. Yeah. Incredible. Jeff Fahey, I know that movie. I felt like at this point, Becky almost shifted into a higher gear where she was like half Thanos and half Lawnmower Man. Yeah, it was a good promo. Yeah, I didn't know. I mean, dude, I... Like I'm, I'm way. I I guess I'm a little blown away that you said it's the greatest promo she's ever done, because you've seen all of her stuff, and I know you're a big fan. So I I'm like, wow, he thinks that highly of that promo. I have to go back and watch it again because I was like, oh, she's really coming across like a scumbag, and I want, you know, I really hate her right now. So she you're clicked saying into it, a uh, high level delusional and a high yeah. level self importance, and that's what I mean. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Man, at the end, he goes, "I am a god in this universe." Yeah, no, it was really. Like, that's what bad. it felt like. She clicked yeah. on. Oh, I mean, I'm telling you, like, if there were fans of her that were there and heard that, and I think they probably stopped being fans of her. Like, and that if that's what she's trying to do, like. That, I mean, yeah, yes, yeah. I agree 100% with what you're saying. It was epic. Yeah, but I would, I, that's why I'm like, oh man, he thinks it's the best she's ever done. But I agree with everything you're saying. That is exactly what she portrayed, for sure. Yeah. It came across to me, like my jaw dropped at a certain point. She said a couple of lines in a row, and I was just like, holy shit. Like, the yeah. idea that a character like that, who's so well established and already yeah, it original. It was egomaniacal, I remember thinking. Yep. Like, yeah, yeah. egomaniacal exactly. for sure. And very, and that is exactly what I think she wanted it to do. Yes. So, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Like, it was it was right down the middle there. Let me see if I have it here. I pulled up some Thanos quotes at a certain point. Yeah, I think she did quote fucking Thanos, basically. She got yeah. real close to it. Yeah, she was trying, she was channeling her inner Thanos. And I think I saw some memes on the internet about that or something too. Yeah, because like, like, uh, like this one uh, specifically, Thanos even said, "You could not live with your own failure." And where did that bring you? Back to me. Like that was the kind of thought process too. I yeah. beat you, and now you're at, after me again, right? Yeah. Um, and then in, Thanos also said, "I know what it's like to lose, to feel so desperately that you're right, yet to fail nonetheless. It's frightening." Like that fear of of loss is terrifying to her you know yeah. uh what did it cost everything was a thanos thing i am inevitable as a thanos thing yeah uh, yeah and even was... then he said you should have gone for the head like yeah you went for my throat but that wasn't good enough like these are thanos quotes that i was like embodies becky right now yeah i still think she's gonna lose though and then she oh, yeah. should she mm -hmm. should yeah they she has to lose and the the delusional spiral from her mentality once she loses is going to yeah. be something else. It's going to be something. Well, else. and then it might just be an actual break for her too. Like yeah. that could just be what it's building up to. And uh, I'm assuming that she wants to be a mom for a bit too. And I get that, you know. It could be, or it could be a way for her to just like spiral into a whole other realm of storytelling. I, I mean, Mars could be both. Like, Ref Mars, like, so, like, let's just use this as an example. I'm not comparing the two wrestlers and their family situations, but Beck, uh, Beth Phoenix quits NXT as an announcer. Yeah. Only to come on and do a fucking whole program with Edge, but now is nowhere to be seen, right? Yeah. So she basically went off to be a mom again, you know, yeah. while dad is working because dad's working. They don't want to both be on the road, stuff like that, which makes yeah. sense. 
Okay. That's what I mean is she could disappear for a while to do the mom thing, but also when she comes right. back, she could be spiraling out of control. And uh, right, you're saying they could just offshoot from that. Doesn't matter how long she's gone. And I got you, exactly. but I I feel like if they they could bring her back for any number of reasons because of who she 100%. is. Yeah, they don't exactly. need to have her be crazy. I think they don't even have to do any of that bullshit. She'd come back and be a baby face. The fans would be behind her in a fucking New York minute. Dude, they could do whatever they want. She, she's going to be primed for any form of return. It'll be great. Right. It's gonna be great. I actually want to see another baby face run from her. I think that would be fun for me to see because yeah. I didn't get to see her original comeuppance, and that would be fun. I think uh, I agree. I think it'd be great. Yeah. Nice and uh, I don't want you to gloss over this, but uh, the greatest promo ever was Pat on Raw interfering with Austin Theory's match. That's where I was going to. Finn Balor and Austin Theory, this match, Pat McAfee on commentary. Uh, Tell me what you think. The best. <laughs> the best. Incredible. If it wasn't for Corey Graves, I see what you're doing, Corey, and I don't like it. It, it was awesome. Pat was fucking brilliant. I fucking loved the end when him and Finn Balor are doing that. Whoa! Whoa! Together was awesome. Best moment of Raw since I've been back for me. I loved it. Just saying. Everybody knows I'm a Pat McAfee honk. Call me names. I don't care. Yeah, I thought it was great. I I I like the McAfee stuff. His fucking awesome. His fucking uh, the crotch chop stuff, telling him to suck it, the the going back and forth, like even. Oh my god, dude! D Generation X throwback. I love Pat. Just brings it back for us fans from the Attitude Era, and it's so homage. I loved it. Well, his promo was laughing about it. She's like, "Can he do that on TV?" She asked. Yeah, that's the question. Yeah, babe, that's the fucking they do that all the time. She's like, (laughs) oh, God, dude, it was so awesome. It was my favorite Raw for fucking sure. It was really cool. And the idea that Pat McAfee was pulling double duty. For a dude who says he doesn't even really watch Raw because he just doesn't have time with his his schedule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was amazing that he came out and did this whole segment. Dude, and fucking Corey Graves. Yeah, nice of him to dress up. Hey, fucking Corey, where's that every day? You do a fucking three-hour radio show nationally? No? Shut the fuck up! I see what you're doing, and I don't like it. What? Can you imagine if so? If they have these matches at WrestleMania, but then by SummerSlam you get McAfee versus Corey Graves? I don't want that. <laughs> fuck Corey Graves. I don't want him to get over. He de- Fuck him. He talks shit about Pat all the time. He would Pat never... Him. Pat never talks shit about you, Corey Graves, but you talk shit about him all the time. You insecure dick measuring motherfucker. Fucking pick on somebody else. You so douchebag. It's so good. I see what you're doing and I don't fucking like it. It's so good. Uh, there was only two other segments left in the show. Uh, yeah. RK Bro and Alpha Academy. That was great. Oh, awesome match, by the way. It fucking so, so well. good. And then I actually wasn't that sad about it getting broke up by the fucking Street Profits, who I know you hate, but I like. Yeah, I wasn't. They are actually have a match at WrestleMania, so they got to build that a little bit. 
Yeah, I don't understand why the Street Profits are in that match at all as far as like storyline goes. They just kind of popped up and said we should be in the match, and everyone went, okay, I guess. Uh, they, okay, you don't like, but a lot of people like. Yeah, they get they a big make... bump. They get a big bump, man. The Street Profits are like, they're a popular. So match. It's a so fucking, just... yeah, I got you. Match. That's all. I understand you're not a fan. <laughs> just win a match. Win we a match all know this. somebody who's in the match. And then the wrestling, deserve being there. The wrestling on the rocks crew that watches us, the two and a half people that come in here regularly. Regularly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking know you hate those motherfuckers. So they know you're gonna say nothing. It's gonna be a good match. Just shut up and like it. It should be good. Brandon Barrett, you bastard. It'll be fine. It's gonna be a good match, man. It's gonna be fun. I also think it's kind of yeah. weird too because I think everyone by now suspected we were gonna get Randy Orton versus Riddle at Mania. Can I and say something? Is... Oh, go ahead. With this tag team thing, that I, they are actually letting Riddle get over quite a bit. Yeah. He's been finishing the matches and stuff, and that is big because we yeah. talked about Riddle being in something bigger. He's yeah. getting there, man. Yep. He's getting there. And, you know, I wanted to point that out because you brought that up. Sorry, I didn't mean to step on your thought. No, there. you're right. No, no, 100%. Yeah. Because that was kind of my point is that we all thought they are going to be split up and have a one-on-one match by Mania at this point. And at this point, they're still getting Riddle over through this. It's not burnout. They're not done with it. You know I mean, like, there's still a lot of legs and there's still people getting over because of it. Like, that's huge. That's great. Yeah. It's notable. Yeah, and the match was awesome too, man. Like, they're so fucking so good. And like, if you got Riddle getting over in a match with Randy Orton not finishing it, like that's you know before when they first started RK Bro, that was a lot of what was happening, right? That's not happening now. And they're like an awesome tag team. I think you know what? I think the WWE likes the sales of the RK Bro shirt, and they're fucking here to stay for a while. And they just work so good together. Was it this match or last week's match where Randy Orton cut that RKO in the moonsault? I think that was last week. That I think was so too. Fucking, yeah, that was impressive though. Yeah. The idea that those two dudes can work so well together that timing could happen is yeah, insane. Dude, those yeah. They're insane. getting better too. They're getting better too. Oh hey. Like hey everyone, just wanted to say Hi, as I'm trying to watch Dynamite. Yeah, it is a struggle to watch Dynamite. I hear you, Micah. Yeah, Micah. I don't know what Dynamite is. You'll have to come back and explain that to me. No is one does. I, no one <laughs> I don't. I really don't know what Dynamite is. What's Dynamite? Well, you're better off. Okay, okay. Uh, it's night is uh, TNT Hockey Night, by the way, motherfuckers. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that probably means we got to get you to hockey. Was there anything else you want to talk about on Raw? There was this, the seven. Well, yeah, I mean, Pat. Did we? Uh, I mean, Pat. I wanted to talk about Pat on Raw. Well, no, I read an article real quick, too. I wanted to say the top five storylines they they said that could be, that could steal the show Mm. at WrestleMania 38. Yeah, hit me with it. And the first one was Charlotte. And I tried not to throw up, but I did. So I said no. Then I moved on to the next one, and well, they wait. said Bianca. Hold on, I just Before want to. Before you move on. on, I don't want to spend any time on Charlotte. We've already talked about it. I'm only going to say one thing about Charlotte because we've said okay. it before. When she's super invested, something can happen. Like her match with with Becky at SummerSlam was something else. 
if that's the Charlotte who's invested in this match, then you could have something to talk about. Otherwise, it was something else because of Becky Lynch, and that was it. I, but I, I got disagree, you. But that's okay. all I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. You already spent way more time on Charlotte than I should have allowed you. Have. Okay. <laughs> the second one, they said Bianca. I was like, yeah. yes. Yep. She, her match, I expect Easy. that to be the match. Easy. I, If you ask me, what did you think would be the best match before WrestleMania? I would say that match. I think we're all going to say that is the fucking greatest mm-hmm. women's match ever. It's going to be so fucking good. I believe it. Otherwise, we wouldn't get Becky doing such a fucking sell job. Yep. Uh, the third one they said was AJ Styles. I also said, uh, yeah. Yeah, Edge AJ and AJ and Styles Edge. could be the fucking match. And yeah, I was yeah. liking what we were seeing with Seth Rollins and AJ Styles. So I do think yeah. we are in for a fucking treat and would not be surprised if everybody said that was the match of WrestleMania. That would not shock me at all. So, yeah, so we will see. Okay, number four, Seth Rollins. I said if he makes it. <laughs> because, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because I don't know if he makes it. But, right, we think Gable Stevenson, that would be fucking cool. Could Seth Rollins else. getting him over, too, would be something else, too. I am with you on that. I would love that. Didn't even think about it until we, we talked about it pre-show and was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Okay. So, number five is a little bit of the fantasy booking, Cody Rhodes. So, they those were the five. I want you, Ref Marsh. That's heavy fantasy booking, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, it is because we don't know nothing there. This is this person's article. Also, you could throw Charlotte off the fucking list for fuck's sake. Yeah. Uh, put Ronda on there. You know, Ronda could yes. be the reason that that fucking match doesn't suck ass. Yeah. Um, that's what I would have. But and, uh, I, if you, if, Go ahead. sorry, I did me. I was gonna say if you are picking what you think or who you want. To be the fucking steal the show of WrestleMania 38. What would you pick? I know what I'm going to say. First and foremost, I would say if I had to go like uh, uh, number one on down, as number one being the one I feel like I would like to see steal the show more than anybody, I would say probably Becky Lynch. I feel like the, even her victory in WrestleMania 35 is shrouded with that little bit of that messed up count by the referee. Uh, which was no fault of her own. And honestly, if the referee had just paused for half a second, it would have been clean as a whistle and no one would have ever had anything to talk about. Uh, he just started counting too soon. Uh, but the move was in. The, it was locked in. The finish was done. He just he was over-anxious. Uh, I think, secondly, I would say that... that so you're Ronda saying Rousey, the ref fucked up. The ref fucked up. Yes. In that match. Yeah. The ref fucked up that finish, no doubt about it. Okay. Um. I think that you could potentially easily have a Ronda Rousey that we talk about forever if you end up getting a Charlotte that is being less than cooperative and Ronda says, fuck it, and goes into, as they say, a business for herself to to, to even it up. That could be something that we could definitely talk about for a long time, and I think that that's possible. I think it could be compelling. I think Abel Steveson, if he does show up for WrestleMania... The same way that people still talk about Ronda Rousey's first WrestleMania match, her debut match yeah. being so epic. Yeah. It could be overshadowed by a Gable Stevenson. I really think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, it would be cool, too, man. And I would like to see a guy come in and get a real big push. Yeah. 
You know, and like I a think real AJ one. and Edge is just is too easy of a slam dunk. It's almost unfair to say that they could because it's, it's almost too obvious. They're two of the great. Maybe one A, one B, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool, man. I wanted to hear what you would would say on those. Yeah. And I'd pick a Gable Stevenson over a Cody Rhodes as far as making a big splash that's impactful for long time. Yeah. Well, and you've seen Cody Rhodes, so I think I trust your judgment on that. That's not to undercut Cody Rhodes. I've liked a lot of his matches and stuff, but I do think yeah. that without any kind of story, Cody Rhodes will put on a good wrestling match, but it will be just a good wrestling match with no story you, where Gable Stevenson could be a big splash. I'm telling you, even if Cody Rhodes is with the WWE or going to be, he's not going to be a part of WrestleMania. Because I think they've been building these WrestleMania storylines now for like six to eight months. Some of them. Yeah. The Bianca thing goes back to SummerSlam, basically. Yep. Yeah. So almost a year's time. So I just feel like they would not have tried to shoehorn Cody Rhodes in there. I think they're yeah. smart. They know the fans are smarter than that. It would be dumb as shit to do it. You might, you might have him interfere or something at WrestleMania, do something small. But I think he comes on, like Ref Marsh said, the Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania. Yeah. Which I'm assuming is going to be in Dallas anyway. Because yeah. they'll have... Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think that they will want to give that crowd a pop, and that's when, like, a Cody Rhodes or something. Yeah. And that would be better, you know? Like I said, I that was the only thing... So, other than Ref Marsh thinking it was a, hey, fuck you to the city of Chicago... What I was saying, I would have liked to have seen the fucking Stone Cold actually come out like on a third one and Kevin Owens get like run for his life. And then Stone Cold just be like, chug a couple of beers. He didn't even have to touch fucking Kevin Owens. Exactly. You know, that would have been fucking cool. And I will say that as we might still see that too. We could still see that. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say as an asterisk that, um, the only reason I didn't bring up Stone Cold or Kevin Owens is because I think no matter what that looks like, people will talk about it for a very long time. Yeah, it's yeah. Kind of like, I, it's kind of like how you don't include Undertaker in your Mount Rushmore because it's just really not fair to talk about. Stone Cold's yeah. own segment, it's not going to be fair to compare to the rest. So Undertaker would be the statue that you built above Mount Rushmore and he's looking yeah. down on the... Yeah, I mean, I, I, I couldn't argue that either. I will just say this. Uh, oh, Micah says Dynamite is AEW programming sports beard. Okay, cool, man. I didn't know that. Thank you. Um, um, it's not because I hate AEW, guys. I just don't follow, know anything about it. So nothing nothing against AEW. Don't come after me. No. I'm just assassinating AEW. Rough marshes, though, I think. Maybe, yeah, possibly. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, no, man. Fuck, that would be cool as shit. I would be so down with that. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Uh, anything else you wanted to... to... To get in before we wrap it up? I mean, the pad on Raw was awesome. Corey Graves, you should watch out. Maybe Pat will do double duty. Oh, that'd be good. Pat beats Austin Theory and then walks out there and slaps Corey right in the face. I'll see you tomorrow night. Fires your ass. Boy. You lose your job for being unprofessional. I see <laughs> yeah. what you're doing, and I don't like it. <laughs> this uh, Corey Graves beef is not going away, Ref Marsh. I'm just telling you. Oh, there's nothing wrong with it. I got no yeah. issues with it. Yeah. Uh, I think I think I'm ready for the last call. If you are, yeah, let's go, buddy. Let's do it, guys. We'll be back tomorrow night for a brand new episode one right here in the dive bar of the IWC. That's been at Beard underscore Sports. I am at Ref March. We are at WOTR the show, and that has been an episode one for the books. Cheers, everybody. Cheers.
You sons of bitches. That's last call. Hey, producer lady here. Thanks for buying us a drink by following and putting the eye and subscribe on Twitch. Or subscribe and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. Cheers! I would never have a drink with less than on the rocks.